Today's episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast on The Ringer Podcast Network brought to you as always by ZipRecruiter. You know it's not smart? Overeating on Thanksgiving. Don't get sleepy for that third football game. Kyle, don't get sleepy on us tomorrow. It already happened, Bill. It already happened? Are you going to overeat? <laughs> anybody's Man, damn it, you're going to overeat. Happened. You know what else isn't smart? Job sites that overwhelm you with tons of the wrong resumes. Luckily, there's a smart way for you at ZipRecruiter. Dot com slash BS. They find the right people with the right skills for your jobs. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Meanwhile, Hotel Tonight shows you top-rated hotels with unsold rooms. They make it easy to book your stay at an amazing rate. Even though their name's Hotel Tonight, you can book in advance. Perfect for spontaneous weekend getaways, three-day weekends, staycations, road trips, business trips, booking a place with the pool, and more. To start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels, go to hoteltonight.com or download the app. Right now, we're also brought to you by TheRinger.com, the world's greatest website, as well as The Ringer Podcast Network, where we launch Villains with Shea Serrano. Episode two is out right now. It's about Regina George from Mean Girls. And that is happening. Dual Threat with Ryan Russell, another new podcast we launched a couple months ago. That's up this week. I am on Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. Uh, That podcast, the gambling podcast that we do every week, we talked about the incredible Chiefs-Rams Monday night football game, as well as the really important question, who, which person from the 1980s should Rocky have fought during one of the first five Rocky movies and didn't? So I had, had we all did different answers. I was excited about mine. So we have that. And then, uh, and then, what's the other new podcast we have? Oh, The Big Picture, Sean Fantasy's movie podcast, which has an interview with director Steve McQueen up this week. Fantasy was on my podcast the other day. We did a very long tribute to my friend, the dearly departed William Goldman. We had Mike Lupka and Brian Koppelman and Sean Fantasy and Wesley Morris all on. And we also ran a couple of interviews that I did with, uh, with Goldman in 2011 and 2014. So that is up there. I would dive into that if you liked him, movies, the Knicks, a whole bunch of things. Uh, of course, the Knicks lost his first, their first home game after after he died, or maybe was it first? I can't remember. But every a nice time, tribute to him. Did you see that? They put, oh, they, they, they did put a the tribute? flowers in his seat, and they they put a jersey over uh, his seat, and they had flowers coming out of it. it was nice. Oh, that's awesome! Really the nice. Knicks finally doing something right. <laughs> Coming up, we are going to call Joe House and do some Thanksgiving picks and talk about Tiger versus Phil and a couple other things. And then Michael B. Jordan for, I think, the third time he's been on this podcast. Every time he comes on the podcast, he's like three times more famous than he was the last time. So he's coming up later. First, our friends from Pearl Jam. On the line is Joe House. We're going to make some Thanksgiving and uh, Week 12 picks. We're going to talk about Tiger versus Phil. Might as well give you like 90 seconds on the Wiz. The Wizard season is in flames. It's terrible. What happened? It's a wreckage. They're, they're, they're hosing it down. What happened? What's going on? I think we might have seen yet another glimmer of a possibility of a chance and a little bit of hope. We came back last night down 24 against the Clippers. And 
Wall and Beal made a bunch of shots in the fourth quarter and, and won. Here's the thing, though. Big picture. This is, let's put it in terms of Thanksgiving, Bill Simmons. This is all the turkeys coming home to roost. Mm. Here, here are the, the institutional problems that we're confronted with here. You tell me, Bill Simmons, how many All-Star games do you think Otto Porter is going to play in in his NBA career? Are we counting China? <laughs> do they do they have all star games in China? Maybe they do. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say zero for that. John Wall will never be in another all star game. Bradley Beal well, might. I wouldn't say never. I wouldn't say never with John Wall if he ends up, you know, on on a different team in a different situation. He still has has talent. He has all star level talent. Um, but that that's it, right. The real problem with with John Wall is never being in a position. So he, he, he's not a natural born leader. I think we can agree upon that. Yeah. What he needed was some fostering, some nurturing, some institutional stability. And what he had instead was a rotating cast of coaches and players that did not put him in, in a position to develop any kind of leadership skills. And, and, and now we're at the moment where he wants to be the leader, but has no, idea of how to do it uh, effectively. And so it is uh, a rudderless ship. Well, you left out his contract. He makes 19.2 million this year. There's a trade kicker. Next year, an extension kicks in 37.8, 40.8, 43.8. And then the 2022 slash 23 season, he has a player option for $46.9 million. This all tells me that John Wall is going to be your point guard for the next five years because nobody's trading for that contract. Nobody, not one person. It's not happening. The only team that I could see conceivably, let me throw this one at you, house. Detroit, call, Detroit calls you and says, we'll give you Reggie Jackson and Luke Kennard for John Wall. We're giving you 20 cents on the dollar. We're screwed anyway because we have this Blake Griffin contract that's going to cripple our salary cap for the next four years. We might as well like really cripple. We're going to take out a couple more vertebrae from the salary cap and just completely cripple it and have John Wall and Blake Griffin together. But if you're the Pistons, you're you're a borderline playoff team anyway. And now you're just upgrading from Reggie Jackson to John Wall and hoping that John Wall, Blake Griffin, and Andre Drummond can figure it out. And if you're the Wizards... You're getting out of the John Wall contract. Now you can send Otto Porter to Dallas for Wesley Matthews and another expiring. You can trade bad Bradley Beal or keep him. You're just blowing up your team and going for the lottery pick. Why wouldn't you do that? Well, I, I don't. If you move John Wall, then I don't think you really need to do much else. And at this point, that contract is the single biggest obstacle. To, uh, you know, any any kind of progress, whether it's uh, a, a restructuring on the fly or whether it is indeed taking the whole thing down, that contract is the single most important hurdle. And so anything on anything that you get back, you take anything in exchange for, for, for John Wall at this point, from my perspective, picks, players, it doesn't matter. Anything that represents relief from that uh, uh, huge salary ceiling that, that everybody's going to bump their head into. Um, well, I, I, I don't know if you have Beal and Porter, I think what we saw last year 
for 10 games, the everybody eats idea where the ball, there's good ball movement and Porter's getting enough touches to feel included, which translates into him playing harder on defense and Beal. You know, the, the, the thing is you need one more like decent role player. You don't necessarily need another like superstar to be competitive in the East. And, and at this point, all, all we're hoping for is, is, is to be competitive. That's my, that's, that's my ambition at this stage. Well, you're not going to win a title with what you have and you can't improve what you have. So I think the one thing we've learned about basketball the last 25 years is at that point, just keep however many players you could actually win a title with and then press the reset button. And you can't do anything cap wise until 2020 anyway, because you got, you got to wait for the Mahimney contract to come off Bradley Beal. He's already making like 25 million. So if you can, if you can even turn John Wall into Reggie Jackson for this year, and then he's an expiring contract next year, um, I would also get rid of Otto Porter just because I just, as you said, he'll never be an all-star. And if you can convince Dallas to bite on him because they don't have a first-round pick this year anyway and get an expiring back from them, now you have a chance to completely blow up your uh, your team by the summer of 2020 and just build around Beal. The other move that's sitting there, House, who says no to this? Bradley Beal for CJ McCollum. Who says no? Hey. That, I think that's the best. Is who John says Wall no? Still in sp- on the team? Um, it, it could be either. He could be on your I team or not. To have Bradley, I prefer to have Bradley Beal because he's younger. You br- over John Wall or CJ McCollum? Over CJ McCollum. I think they're the same age. They're the, they're basically the Wait same now. age and they make the same money. So, if you well, if, CJ has the benefit of playing with Dame. Now CJ is twenty seven, and Brad, oh Bradley Beal's twenty five. Yeah, Beal's younger. Because my thing is, if you can't get rid of Wall and you have to keep him, then I I almost feel like you have to trade Beal. I don't want to trade Beal. I don't feel good about it. If I'm trading Beal, I want to get somebody who's as good as him back. And now Portland's playing really well, and they've figured out how to stagger the minutes. They actually take out Lillard and McCollum at the same time. They turned the bench over to Evan Turner. It's been really smart what they did. I don't even know if they want to mess with what they have, but I still think they have the same problem that they're going to have that they had in the playoffs last year where you have two undersized guards. It's just going to come back to haunt you at some point over the course of four playoff rounds. So the size of Beal might actually be good for them. I also think Bradley Beal is really good. I mean, there's been trade rumors about you know, Charlotte's going after him. Um, e- even even my beloved Celtics, who knows, might be sniffing. Um, well, I, somebody sent me uh, Gordon Hayward and, and Terry Rozier for Bradley Beal. Oh, I, 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 would do, I would drive them both to the airport. That's not happening. I think <laughs> <laughs> the one I was thinking was Gordon Hayward and Jalen Brown for Bradley Beal and Markeith Morris's expiring contract, which would then give us the craziest bench in the history of the league. We'd have both Morris brothers and Marcus Smart and Terry Rozier. Wow. Yeah. Bring those four that, guys that, in. That, now you're talking. That's the all-time back alley bench. Yeah. But um, I, I just don't think they're going to trade Hayward. I think he's like a son to Brad Stevens. And, uh, and he's, he's kind of submarining the season as we speak because he's playing way too many minutes, doesn't get to the free throw line, 
doesn't uh, can't shoot threes uh, efficiently in any way, shape, or form, and is just super tentative, and they keep throwing them out there. My team has the too many what? guys problem that we've always talked about over the years on this podcast. When you have, you know, nine or ten guys who all think they should be playing, and nobody's ever really happy. That's one of the problems. The other problem is they can't figure out who their best five-man lineup is, which is a little bit of the same problem the Wizards have where, like, I, I don't know who your best five is. At some point, you have to know who the best five is. And you look around at some of these other teams that are playing well, and you're going, hmm, I don't understand. How are the Clippers playing well? And then you watch them, and you go, oh, they have lineups that actually make sense and complement each other. It's not rocket science, right? Well, it, it, except for that it is. And, and all sort of kidding and snarky stuff aside, um, I think we have to be cognizant of the fact of, of kind of two things. One, the schedule is different now. They started so much earlier, and I don't think that the, the teams, the, the players themselves, and the franchises have, have yet gotten the rhythm of starting a season in mid-October. And so I think what we've seen, especially with some good teams, is some early experimentation where they're developing that identity. Like the Celtics don't have to have the answer for what their best rotation is right now. It, it, it doesn't really matter until Christmas, until, honestly, Valentine's Day. There's a long run-up of time. And isn't it best for the Celtics to bring Hayward back in a manner that's going to make him comfortable? He, they made too big an investment in him to not play him. They can't, they can't do the thing that's in their rational best basketball interest, which is just play the young kids who kicked ass in the playoffs last year. They yeah. have to integrate Kyrie, and they have to integrate Hayward. And by extension, in some respects, the same thing is going on in Washington. You look at the, the lineup and you say, well, these, this team's been playing together for a handful of years. Why isn't it the case that they're ready to hit the ground running? And why aren't they playing hard already? Well, in addition to whatever conditioning things might be going on, John Wall doesn't look like he's in shape once again, but who knows? He wants to get bigger, and he's had knee surgery, and I'm going to assume, I'm going to say that the glass is half full. He arrived bigger because he has, uh, uh, on advice and counsel of, of his own uh, physio trainer and, and medical support, um, advising him to, to proceed that way with the season. You don't but believe they, that. They are now you don't believe out. that. Huh? You don't believe that. You don't believe that's why John Wall showed up bigger. That full. <laughs> that full. But here's the thing. Their, their best lineup, they're still finding it. It's, it's probably Tomas Sadaransky playing forward. It's probably uh, uh, Kelly Oubre starting. You know, they, the, the, the integration of Dwight Howard hasn't yet happened. Jeff Green, uh, there's a, a million Jeff Green jokes out there. But you know what? They win when he plays well. That's that's one ingredient so wow. far that's, out of the six wins that they have. When Jeff Green plays well, they win. Well, that so that, that, that means your season's thing. over. <laughs> <laughs> I get what you're saying, but look, it, shouldn't we be a little more patient? It's possible that this Washington team, this this Washington team, is on the same pace as the team two years ago that won 49 games. They started that season six and twelve. I don't know if you remember that. You, well, you, we were doing you were doing trade John Wall stuff two years ago. Yeah, they figured it out. They got the right rotation, and they were off and running. You know, I here's what I think. I mean, it's fun to make up fake trades all day, and you know I can do it, and I love to do it. But oh yeah, you don't want to trade 
you don't want to make trades out of position of like complete weakness. And when That's people right. see what's happening with the Wizards and Woj and Shams and all these dudes, Candace Buckner, they're they're tweeting and passing along information about John Walt saying F you to his coach at practice. And Markeith Morris is just dropping bombs in post-game locker rooms after wins and all the stuff that's happening. That's when the buzzards start circling, the trade buzzards. And they're trying yeah. to get Bradley Beal for Cody Zeller, Malik Monk, and Miles Bridges or whatever. You know, you're starting to get those three-for-one yeah. offers that just send you right to the bottom five if you take it. I don't think they can trade Beal. I, I wouldn't trade him unless it was for somebody as good. Wall, I would I would think about if I could get rid of his contract and get a, a panic team like, you know, like Miami. Miami's season, Miami has one of the most depressing rosters in the league now. If they were just like, we got to roll the dice with somebody and all of a sudden you you get Goran Dragic and something else for Wall, like you would do it. But I think the point you make, I always get excited when you make a great point that I haven't thought of. It It tells me you still have it in you. Um, Thank I, you, buddy. I think the early season, it does kind of screw it up a little bit. If It does feel like there's a, and that's what makes it weird when a team like the Clippers gel so quickly. You know, and you're like, wow, this is cool. Whoa, these guys are all playing great together. I look at the Celtics team. NBA.com has a really good advanced stats. Um all, you know, five-player lineups, offensive rating, all that stuff. And you can separate them by all these different filters. And what, you know, a really good filter is, um, you like, who is the best five-man lineups that's actually getting a lot of minutes, you know? So you can do, um, you can put in a filter basically that says, all right, every lineup over 110 minutes or something. And those are really like the heart. Those are the five-man lineups that play the most, that you're the most used to. So, like right now, one of the reasons Orlando is winning is because this lineup of DJ Augustine, Vucevic, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, and Awundu is really good. They're plus 14.7 with their net rating. And you're like, oh, that makes sense. Because when I watch Orlando, it seems like they've stumbled into a couple lineups that really work. So you go on down the line, like the Warriors are the, have one of the best lineups, all that stuff. The Celtics lineup is the second worst lineup of any lineup that's played 100 minutes or more. Horford, Hayward, Kyrie, Jalen, Tatum. And that confirms what I'm watching because I watch that and they, and they start the game with that lineup and they're behind by 10 points six minutes in and there's like no energy. It's just like my turn, your turn, his turn. People just standing around watching each other and it just doesn't feel right. So whether... Whether the continuity and, and all the stuff that happens at the start of the season, whether that blossoms into something better, I hope it does. But but I'm really concerned that those five guys together, for whatever reason, don't seem to play well. It's very low energy. And it makes me think like all five of those guys individually are kind of low energy, not like fist pump, Marcus Smart kind of guys. If you put five of those guys together, House, and they're all low energy, doesn't that mean collectively they're going to have low energy or am I crazy? Well, I, I like this, this concept of, of energy because I think it is exactly the right way for us to be thinking about this moment of the season and where various teams are. Uh, the same thing is true of, of Washington. That's the, the, the single biggest complaint that folks have levied about this Washington team. Low enthusiasm, low energy, low competitive 
spirit. But again, what I would point to is these guys are playing the schedule that they're not accustomed to. Now's not the time for rah-rah energy unless, and this is, I'm glad that you mentioned two of the teams that you mentioned, you are a franchise like Orlando. You are a franchise like the LA Clippers. You are a franchise like the Sacramento Kings. You are a franchise like the New Jersey Nets. Now the Brooklyn Nets. I'll call them by the proper name. Those teams all saw the opportunity to arrive this season trying to kick ass and build an identity for themselves. And lo and behold, it has worked. Right. The difference between those teams and, and your team and my team is that those teams came in galvanized. They wanted to, to go try and establish something. They're franchises without a long track record of success, and they, good on them, went out and seized that opportunity and have, you know, at the early stage of the season, 16 games in, put the narrative a little bit. It is what is disappointing, especially for my team. Uh, it, you know, we had the opportunity with LeBron leaving the East to assert ourselves and say, look, we belong in this upper echelon, and it's depressing to not uh, have seen that level of enthusiasm out right. of my team, but I'm willing to be patient. Your team is a chemistry experiment, and right. now's not the time to be hitting any panic buttons. And the best lineups that they've had have always had Hayward out of it and either Morris or Smart or both of them in there, and that makes sense to me because those guys are a little more fire, but it's a work in progress. I think you know, the, the, the other problem is that Jalen Brown hasn't played well which was pretty predictable and was the one thing I was really worried about this season because of all the love fest of Jason Tatum and um, how he was going to be the next guy and Kobe was working out with him. And Jalen Brown was kind of the middle child shoved to the side and his minutes have been up and down. He doesn't seem that happy. Rogier seems positively unhappy. And even though he'll, the cameras will turn on and he'll say everything's great. I think uh, internally that is not the feeling. So it does feel like there's going to be some sort of a move, but I, I guess that the bummer for me is I don't think they're going to be the one seed. And I think you need the one seed in the East with, you know, teams like Toronto, Milwaukee out there and potentially Philly too, with the Butler trade. Um, yeah. And, and you can't sleep on the Pacers either. I just, yeah. And you can't sleep on the Pacers either. I just know how important home court was last year for them. And it literally almost got them into the finals because they couldn't lose at home. And to give that up, that the clock's kind of ticking on that because I think it's going to need, we're going to need something in the high 50s. The West, the playoff picture is is all over the map. And in, in, there's probably 12 teams that I could see making the playoffs, but there's only eight spots. Memphis, we talked about it when we did our over-under before the season. We just didn't see a world in which um, Gasol and Conley could stay healthy for 82 games, but they they've been really good. And the Clippers so I, have been way better I, I, than people thought. I took the over for Memphis. I mean, as long I, as Conley and, and uh, I, I, I think you took the under, I took the over. I mean, that's a 45-win team if those guys are healthy. Well, I don't think either of us thought they were going to be the one seed in the West. No, you're right about that. <laughs> I mean, I think I think that was a little They're bit of a surprise. They're still not going to be the one seed in the West. Yeah, I took the under of 34, you took the over. I had the over for the Clippers at 37 and you had the under. And well, I, I, I kind of stand by that. Like I, I, I still, I guess Tobias Harris is their best player, but really to, to the Clippers credit, they have adopted the, the uh, personality of their, of their two dogs, their coach and, and, and Pat Beverly, you know, that's a real symbiosis. They got a real dog mentality there. 
that's that identity, and then go play that hard, and it frees up Lou Williams to go do Lou Williams things in the fourth quarter. And I, you know, all credit to the Clippers, but I still think that they're like they're they're going to probably have more wins than thirty seven or thirty eight wins, but still their their ceiling is like forty four wins, forty five wins. I would. Say. I actually think it's higher than that because. They're so competitive night night after night after night just because of the guys they have on the team. I was talking about low-energy guys in the Celtics. They have like a whole team of Marcus Smart, Marcus Morris type guys. and You're right. And Jojus Alexander, um, who went 10th, and we know this happens. We know at some point the spots in the top 11 or 12 don't matter as much as we want them to matter. They ended up getting one of the best guys in the draft at 10. And you compare him to what we're seeing with Colin Sexton in Cleveland, who just seems like miles away from being a successful NBA player. I'm not I'm not writing him off, but so raw. And SGA just kind of knows where to go and what to do. I've been I've been blown away by by the rookies in in uh all over the map this year. Like Jaron Jackson, Wendell Carter. Aiton has a lot of potential, I think, even though Embiid was sticking it to him the other day. Um that yeah. Luca Luca looks like a first team all NBA guy someday. That, that he is offensively so advanced um that I I don't even fully know what the ceiling is for him. Trey Young I think is going to be an unbelievable fantasy guy. I'm not positive how play. it's Yeah, I'm not positive how it's going to translate to the third round of the NBA playoffs what he's doing, but I he's definitely way way further along right now than I thought he was going to be. And there's been, and Miles yeah. Bridges, I really liked on Charlotte too, that it's a really, really, really good class of rookies. I even like the guy the Celtics got who they can't play because they, they just have too many guys. But that uh, Rob Williams, I think is, has a chance to be uh, really interesting. Mitchell Robinson's been really good in the Knicks. Um, I like what I've seen from Knox so far, even though he's limited minutes, but I just like his body. But I think it has a chance to be an all-timer. Who's been your favorite rookie? Uh, I loved Wendell Carter when we saw him uh, in Summer League, but now the Bulls are so bad, I can't really distinguish um, you know, his level of play. I, I'm happy to see Doncic deliver. Like You, you use the word advanced. He, he is just a mature basketball player. He's absolutely... He, he, he arrived as a professional. He's the only one of the rookie class that played professional basketball it's clear that he's a professional and he's playing professional basketball in Dallas. And, you know, Dallas is interesting to watch when they're, when games are close in the fourth quarter yeah. to see him as a playmaker. I kind of dig that. I, I'm, I'm digging it so far. I'm shocked by how, how uh, advanced he is in the last like three minutes of a game, like the kind of shots he's getting and the shots he's creating, you know, and, and the, for the Atlanta trade, it's defensible on paper. Because they got Trey Young and they got a future pick from Dallas. My my issue with it was always that I thought Luca had a chance to be a transcendent player potentially, and I just I can't trade that. I don't. You can't give me enough assets to make me want to give that up. So in a weird way, like Atlanta, probably they really like Trey Young and he fits in with the city and uh, he's fun to watch. He's padding his stats like we predicted in the preseason pods. But on the flip side. They gave up somebody that could absolutely be the number one offensive player in a title team someday. I really think Luca's that good. I think he could be no, the, the decision. I think Luca can be the decision maker on a finals team. I really do. Totally agree with that. The, the only thing that I would say is, and this is a, a great, you know, what if a great unknown. 
you put him in Atlanta and the mode that they're in right now, how does it help him with, with where he is, with his advanced uh, basketball IQ on offense? How, how is he arriving in that Atlanta situation, which is a loser situation? Yeah, but how that's, is that helping him? That's not the, that's not the question for me. It, it's okay. the irony is the two teams that passed him and Aiton was defensible because it's so hard to get a center. And we saw him in person and we were like, shit, that dude, that's a big effing dude. Um, He's a specimen. On the flip side, after watching for 20 games, like, man, you put Luca and, and Booker together. And I really think that would have been something special down the road. You can yep. just fill in the pieces from there, especially with some of the swing guys they got. But the big, big, big miss, and we knew this at the time, and it's even more glaring now is Sacramento not taking him. Because he's not a point guard. You could have had him in Fox. Yeah. He's wow. Almost like this, he's he's this swingman creator, and it's he's almost positionless. It's like I don't want to get too carried away, but it's like when you watch soccer and you watch Messi, and it's like, what is he? Is he a midfielder? Is he forward? Like you just don't know. Uh Doncic. Is like that for me. Like he, he's just out there. He could be a two, three, or four. He could be your one. It doesn't matter. But if you put Fox, Buddy Heald, Doncic, um, to the Bijelica, whatever the hell you say his name, you know I have pronunciation dyslexia. The guy they got from Minnesota. Man, I still regret missing out on him. Yeah, Daddy you missed out play. on him. And then Cauley Stein. Like I actually think that could have been a playoff team. I really like that team. And Sacramento, you know, might I, might end up being in the mid thirties anyway. But God, it was just taking Bagley over him is an all timer. It's so bad. It's really well, the, bad. The big unknown, the big thing that 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 happened for them is is the the switch flipping for Fox. I put some money last year on Fox as the rookie of the year. The odds were good. It was like twenty to one or something like that. Yeah. He wasn't in the conversation. So I was like, but I I saw this guy drop forty. In the in the biggest national televised games against the best competition, I like Fox. He wasn't able; he needed a transition year. Yeah, so he's been come out firing, and it immediately puts the, the the spotlight on on Bagley and the fact that they can't figure out a way to integrate him. It's the most king story ever, and and what a miss it was to not have Doncic. And we knew it. We knew it that right. night. That night it was a miss, but <laughs> I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that Fox is much better this year. What what surprised me is how good he's been. Like just that, like the ceiling of him now um, is really climbing. Like you're talking about like the best trade assets in the league. And and he's this point guard now in a league that's full of point guards. And it's hard to really measure their value because there's so many of them. And he's this guy that, is a little bit everything you'd want from a point guard. But the thing that jumps out to me the most is the competitiveness and the leadership from him already. And the, just the spirit that he plays with. It's so infectious. I think SGA is a little bit like that on the Clippers too. He's not as outgoing as Fox's, but um, just the kind of guy you want as your lead guy compared to what you have in Washington, where you have this kind of surly me first. I don't know what the hell's going on with John Wall, but th- those guys are both different than him. Personality standpoint. Um, but to put Doncic on with that, anyway, what I was saying was I wasn't that surprised by Fox, Buddy Heald turning into what he's turned into has surprised me because he's like a genuine, he's a genuine asset now. We were buddy bandwagon fellas. Yeah, we were. Uh, And and we were, 
we were hoping he was going to have this career. I mean, it was so much fun to watch him his senior year. Uh, senior, yeah, he played all four years, right? Yeah, yeah we he let, we he sucked in the tournament game, but we 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 never wavered in our belief. And then when they got him in the boogie trade, I kind of liked it. I didn't like the trade, but I at least liked that they got him. But he's now turned into. I think part of it, he's just matured into a better scorer, but also, you know, they, they changed some of these rules with people coming off screens and the defenders, the ability to kind of hold somebody as they're coming off a screen. And, uh, and I think it's really unleashed him. Like it just seems like him and Reddick just seem like they're always open this season. You know, Reddick's having like the best, the best year of his career. Um, and it just seems like he's open every possession. That's a whole other thing. I mean, we have so much basketball stuff to talk about. I want to watch Philly. It's, so- it's a really, a, it's been a really, really, especially riveting season with a ton of storylines and more talent than the league knows how to do it, to know how to deal with Philly. Um, and just 16 games in. That's what I was going to say. 16 games in, we've only played. Yeah, we, Philly, uh, Philly, I need to watch a few more times. The Lakers, LeBron was on autopilot for three weeks, and now it feels like he's embraced the whole situation and he's unleashing himself. And that's all other thing. We have well, they, them. They need, what? they need to figure out point guards. It, that Rondo injury is bad for them. Well, it's putting a spotlight on whether Lonzo's ready or not. And what, what do you think the answer is? The answer has been no, which, which I've been surprised <laughs> by. I have to agree with you. They took him over. You know, you look at that top five now. Fultz won. God knows what's going on with him or whether he's even in the league in a year. Um, Prayers up to Markel. Prayers up. It's not looking good. Lonzo, too. Yeah. In the perfect situation right now, not playing well. Tatum, three. Josh Jackson, four, who's... I've been working on my trade value list. He's not even in the top 60 right now. He's a third string small forward on a four win team. And then uh, Fox at five. What a bizarre top five that is. If you redid the draft, (laughs) the one, two and four picks would probably not be in the top five. So uh, we, I want to talk football. I want to talk football. Let's take a quick break. Football season is well underway. Fantasy season is almost done, but not daily fantasy season. That's why I'm so excited to be playing on FanDuel. All season, you get the excitement of researching and building your team each week, regardless of the outcome. FanDuel has never been more fun or more easy to play. You can play in their Gridiron Pick'em Contest every week, a free contest. All you need to do is pick winners, no spreads, 10K split amongst the top pickers. At some point, I'm going to win the Superflex League. I thought it was going to be this week, and I got let down. Cam Newton, you know what you did. You know what you did, Cam Newton. You cost me. One of these weeks, I'm going to win it, though. Don't think I'm not doing it for Thanksgiving, by the way. I've tried other DFS sites before. If you're not a fantasy expert, FanDuel is clearly the place to play. New users get a $5 bonus when they make the first deposit. Come play with me at FanDuel.com slash BS. New users only. Bonus not available for withdrawal. State and age restrictions apply. For full eligibility rules and terms and conditions, go to FanDuel.com. Meanwhile... If you need a device that helps you get stuff done, but is also perfect when you want to catch up on some fun like streaming live sports or checking on your fantasy team, well, check out the latest member of the Microsoft Surface family, the new Surface Pro 6. Just take the keyboard off, use it like a tablet, or snap it back on and use it like a laptop with up to 13 and a half hours of battery life. 
and the new 8th-gen Intel Core processor. It's everything you love about the Surface Pro now, even more powerful. It is the new Surface Pro 6. Check it out. All right, we have some gambling stuff to get into, House. Um, Let's talk about Tiger and Phil first. A pay-per-view near and dear to your heart. Um, you're going to, you're going to blindly back all golfing stuff. And, um, I'm not going to put you in a position of saying, do we need this? Why is this happening? Why does anyone want to watch two rich guys try to just win more money against one another? All this stuff. What is the most appealing thing for you as somebody who loves golf for when this is on, on Friday? Uh, two, two things. The first thing is two icons, the two most important players in the game over the last 25 years, finally in, in, in a, in a head to head where we're going to hear them talk to each other. Um, and, and, you know, at this stage, they've been at the game so long. Uh, and by the game, I mean, you know, how, how they're going to hold themselves out to the public. It's going to feel phony, but he, he, the thing that's, that's exciting about it is it is clear at this stage of the game that Phil Mickelson has lost his mind. He's absolutely out of his mind. Yeah. He, he looks crazy. He knew he was going to be on film on the, on the 24 seven HBO special, the lead up to the match. And yet he still let himself be filmed on the plane with his hair, all crazy, his eyes, all crazy. I mean, so anything is possible with Phil. Phil interjects a level of uncertainty because he gives, we are at the point of his career where he clearly gives zero F. So we have he, zero F's Phil. Zero, hold on. Zero F's Phil. He's starting to look like a, a Vegas lounge singer from like the mid 70s. <laughs> like he's going to be on Merv Griffin singing with some 22 year old with her cleavage out doing some like, you know, hacky, whatever. Like he really starting to look like that. He, he's out of the seventies. I don't know what's going on with him. Well, that, that to me makes it must see TV. My, my single biggest regret. So this thing is, is made for me. Obviously I I'm a golf homie. I love the old school skins games, the tradition of the four guys playing in California, <laughs> the Friday, Saturday of Thanksgiving weekend, that old traditional uh, four way skins game, Lee Trevino, out there, those those, those matches were, were great. They're a part of my youth. I enjoyed them. So having this arrive at this moment in this way is terrific. The thing that I regret is I, I just feel like the pay-per-view thing changed the dynamic. If it was just available on regular cable or, or even network television, then you can just get folks who are sitting around in their house on, on, a, on the Friday afternoon who want a small break from football to click over and just watch it. And the pay-per-view eliminates that. So I, yeah. I think that was a missed opportunity. But I'm also very excited to see these guys in Vegas at, right. at this golf course, which a lot of folks haven't seen. But um, it, And it's a cool golf course. I played it. It's just, you know, it, it, it's ridiculously expensive. But I, I think that both the guys are going to uh, enjoy the, the, the betting thing. It, it's, it's really the first time. Uh, in golf, in golf, the, the appeal is as is apparent from my own uh, uh, podcast that you have been gracious enough to, to let me loose on with our good friends at Callaway Golf to Shack. Oh, betting and golf go hand in hand. I mean, it's yeah. the whole point of playing the game. It's 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 the the, the glorious competition with your pal when it's two dollars on the line and what it does to you in terms of you know all the putting green and the, and the. Uh, the stress of, of the shots and so forth. 
the money to these guys is irrelevant. I hope whoever wins immediately takes it and turns around and donates it all to charity. Uh, I have a feeling that Phil won't do that, but I, I hope yeah. that he does. Can, can uh, I bet on? Wins. Can uh, I but, bet on Phil not doing that? Are there lines on that? On Phil <laughs> keeping all the money for himself? <laughs> hey, when they, well, he, he might have, would, he, he might have some some uh, debt that we don't know about out there. When I'm making the HBO documentary about um, the massive gambling scandal with Phil Mickelson, let's just say this is there's a world in which this documentary is being made seven years from now. Hypothetical. What part? What part of this golf special? Where where would that come in the documentaries? In the first third, the middle third, or the last third? I, I feel like it's the first third because it's arriving coincident with the change in in in, in the law. Yeah, and the American public is embracing betting. Our good pal, the cousin Sal, is on television five days a week giving out gambling advice. Bill Simmons. Yeah. That is true. The glorious gambling moment. Well, you just, I got to, I got to tell you, I got to give you a compliment. You talked me into buying it because I want to spend four hours with zero, <laughs> with I give zero fucks with Phil Mickelson. I don't know what he's capable of. Yeah. He might, he might tell Tiger, like, I'll bet you a hundred thousand dollars that I won't pull my balls out right now. Tiger would be like, done. And then Phil would just pulls balls out. <laughs> Who the fuck knows? That's right. He might he have might do that. He might have a topless caddy. I'm prepared for anything. I might get it. I'm going to I'm going to I know I'm going to end up getting brother. it. Brother, we don't want him we don't want him we don't have topless. Yeah, that, let's yeah, don't don't do that, Phil. All right. Uh so who's your prediction? Uh, I this is I'm going to go I, I like the underdog here. Uh this is a multi-year deal between Phil and Tiger. This is not a one-time only situation. So I'd like the idea of creating some drama. Phil has all the incentives to go out there and really try hard. You, part of what we saw in the run-up to this was him flying from his home in San Diego to Vegas, that short flight, so he could go out there and start planning and do his strategy. And Tiger, as far as we know, you know, he's not coming from Florida to, to, to Vegas. Uh, so I think I like Phil. I like the underdog. I like the odds he's getting. And I think for the purposes of the overall mission, it's better for Phil to win, so Phil's my pick. Do you think Phil's going to, on the first hole as they're on the tee, be like, hey, Tiger, congratulations on the nine-year anniversary of, of the Escalade incident, and then just hit his drive? <laughs> try to get in his head? I mean, that would make it real. Uh, that That's what I would do. That's the kind of thing. That's what, you know, scumbag friends do to each other. That would make it authentic. What was the name I of that diner? percent possibility of that. What was the name of the diner that Tiger had the waitress at the diner? Phil, oh, could, Phil could wear it, a it golf a, shirt. It Applebee's? No, it was like it was like some Florida diner, but Phil could wear the shirt from the diner, like just for all eighteen holes. <laughs> Try to get Tiger's well, head. He, he could have a giant Escalade logo on his bag. I mean, there are all kinds of things. He could have fire hydrant head covers. Blackberry. I mean, there's a million things he could do. He could have Blackberry. Yeah. Something. Yeah, Blackberry. Yeah. Right now I'm Googling Tiger Diner Waitress. Oh, Perkins. Yeah, Careful. we're the Perkins Diner. Perkins Diner. Perkins, uh, there we go. He yeah. could be at wash up on a Perkins shirt. How good would that be? What where can I get like a hundred to one odds on on um Phil pulling a Bobby Riggs and going to like twenty different casinos and betting against himself because he can make more money that way? Is that are those odds available? <laughs> 
We should, we should call the Westgate. Who's our pal at the Westgate? <laughs> Put him on alert. Does, is Phil sending proxies to bet against himself? All right, proxy. I'm getting this. I like zero Fs, Phil. All right, football. <laughs> I'm on a hot streak house. Ever since we brought the picks back three weeks ago, went 3 0 well last week, I'm up $4.8 million. Yeah, I was so happy. I listened to last week's podcast. By the way, the Conan O'Brien interview was terrific. I, Thank I, you. I know that people will uh, give me a hard time when I come on and, and, and give you compliments, but I, I couldn't have enjoyed it more. It was mainly for Conan. I mean, let's be honest. But uh, you won $3 million last week with your picks. Yeah, I'm going to win more this week. Here are my picks. I had I to get. It. I'd get a Thanksgiving game on there. I think everything is broken right for the Cowboys. As yeah. I'm not the first person who's made that point, but this Redskins thing, losing their QB, I'm very familiar with Colt McCoy's work. I'm not a huge fan. I like that it's in Dallas. I like the way Zeke Elliott's running. Um, yeah. he's, he's just kind of coming together. I think Dallas is a week or two away from setting their fans up for something horrible. Like they, you know, you win this week, the the Giants beat the Eagles somehow, and the Redskins, they lost their QB. Everything's just like, oh, here we go. The Cowboys are going to make the playoffs. And then they'll just lose some terrible game a week later and just kick everybody in the balls. So this is the setup week for that. Everything coming up roses. I think it's so hard to lose your QB on a Sunday and then have to play a Thursday game. The guy's barely going to have reps. And I want to put them in a tease. I did not love the teaser candidate. So I'm going to have to do a rarity, a seven point tease, which is minus. Oh, you have to pay a little extra. Pay a little extra, a little minus 130. So I'm risking $1.3 million to win a million dollars. Teasing the Cowboys seven and a half with the Patriots minus nine and a half against the Jets of New York. All they have to do is win by a field goal. All the Cowboys have to do is win. And I win in another million dollars house. Who who screws me up? I like that one. Who screws me I'll, up? I'll, I'll join you with that. Will you will you loan me a million dollars so I can join you in this bet? Well, I'm up $4.8 million. I, I, I'll i happy to loan you some. Um, yeah, okay, yeah. The Alex Smith thing, I don't want to... I don't want to speak ill of somebody who had one of the worst broken leg football injuries in a while, but... He, you you weren't that happy with how year one of the Alex Smith season was going. You didn't have a lot of high hopes for the Redskins season even before that happened, right? I mean, he, he was not, let's put it this way. He was sold to us here in Washington as, as a game manager. And I had watched him in Kansas City with superior offensive talent, especially last season. He was able to get the ball down the field last season. Um, they, they, uh, were a team that was in every game that they played. They were not like just, uh, ever, ever in at risk of being blown out. He arrived here and I don't know what happened. It must be the water up here. If the, if the Redskins, uh, were ever behind in a second half, there was a 0% chance that they would come back and, and win the game. Now that there is this crazy stat through nine games, there were no lead changes in any game involving the Washington professional football team. That's where, which hadn't happened since, you know, whatever. But, uh, part of that has to do with the, the inferior talent of, of Alex Smith. And on the game manager idea, he ran out of bounds against Dallas at home. When the game clinching drive, the, res, the the professional football team here in Washington possessed the ball and had an opportunity to win, and he ran out of bounds and gave Dallas 
like an extra 45 seconds. And God bless Dallas. They, they self-combusted and missed a field goal from a, a distance that they shouldn't have. But it was, I, I couldn't believe it. I felt like I was, I was back watching Rex Grossman again or Collins or somebody from my old Jason Campbell, any, any of the old uh, uh, Washington bad quarterback. Well, I'm sorry, House. I'm sorry this whole thing happened to you. I know you're excited. Uh, the good news is Kirk Cousins, I think you missed out on that contract. Either way, you were screwed because it's not like Kirk Cousins was taking you anywhere anyway. The move would have been to just get Case Keenum for a half price. Um, all right, my second pick. So there were some games I liked. I just wanted to rip through them really quickly. Um, you know, the Giants are getting six in Philly. Yeah. I'm not taking them because I, I the days in my life of having money on the Giants and watching Eli throw picks and just single-handedly drain the money from my wallet, I'm just done. I'm past that. I'm, I'm You're like, over. You know, yeah. you hear people who, who used to have like a drinking problem or a cocaine problem or whatever, and they're just like, I'm done. That time of my life's over. That's how I feel about betting on Eli. I will never, ever be in that situation again. I will never have money on him ever as long as he's an NFL player. But that plus six is pretty enticing. I'm staying away. Um, I, I really like how the Colts are playing. And this line against Miami has been super mysterious all week. It was, it, they were favored by nine for the last couple of days. But, but Miami was only plus 330 to win the game. And I thought that was suspicious because the Colts are playing much better than Miami. Um, they've been they they moving the ball offensively against everybody. Tannehill's coming back this week. I don't think he's very good, and I just think they're better. But it it seems like there's some some feeling out there that Miami can win this game, and I there's something about it. There's a lot of people on the Colts bandwagon right now. There's something about this game I just don't trust. And I'm going to stay away. So that's two I'm I, I, staring at, and I just can't pull the trigger. The third one is, uh, I think Houston is a house of cards. I don't get it. I don't understand how they've won this many games in a row. I don't think they're that good. I think they've gotten super lucky in a couple of these games. And if if it's just one of those seasons where they go 11-5 and five and make the playoffs and we can't wait to bet against them, so be it. They're playing Tennessee this week. Tennessee looked great against the Pats two weeks ago. They got their asses kicked by the Colts last week, partly because their quarterback got hurt during the game, but they also couldn't stop the Colts. If there, if I knew I was getting a healthy Mariota for four quarters, I would be all over Tennessee in this game because I actually think they're better than Houston. But you're not going to allow me to bet on Blaine Gabbert, right? No, don't you dare do that. Or injured I, Marcus I also Mariota. I commend you. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, we'll, you'll have the opportunity to, to know come... Sunday, what kind of shape Mariota's in? Five and a half is crazy. Uh, we're we're in agreement about that. If that line is gets gets down to, uh, you know, I, I, well, I, there, there's I would only take Houston if they were favored by by two and a half or something. If they became a pick'em kind of situation, I think Tennessee is the better team. I'm with you. Houston's winning streak is is you know ripe to be ended by this divisional foe of theirs and Tennessee is playing for their playoff lives. And this, you know, they, 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 they have to have Mariota though, to be competitive. I'm glad you're staying away from the Colts game. Two things going on there. First of all, coming off a blow off blow out 
win and the, and Miami coming in off a bye. Yeah, that's a bad historical trend that combination. So you're right that uh, Indy, Indy by more than a touchdown is just too many points on on a uh, you know value basis is the way that I'll put it. Uh, so I'm glad you're staying away from that. And and uh, I think it's right to to just never for the rest of your life bet on anything having to do with Eli Manning. Yeah. I think you're doing the Great. right thing. Thank you. Um, last but not least, I've stared long and hard at this Bears-Lions game. Trubisky is hurt. Doubtful. By the time you listen to this podcast or it's up, well, the game will have been about to start. We'll know for sure. That line moved from three and a half to two and a half. So I could have Chase Daniel in the Bears defense against this crappy Lions team and Matt Patricia. The problem is they played Sunday night and I, I God, I want to take them because I think the defense can win it by itself, but I'm staying away. I don't like the whole Roger Goodell. I mean, just classic, right? They, they flex the game to Sunday night. Now they have to play at 1230 AM in Detroit. It's ludicrous. The whole thing's ludicrous. I talked about this last week, but they, they can, they, they can give a shit about the players and it's embarrassing and they can go F themselves. All right, so here's the other game I'm You're taking. Go. Yeah, your indignation was well played. Thank you. Um, here's, I mean, it, it should be an opportunity for the union to, to file a grievance over that. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, here's my second pick. I think Seattle's better than Carolina. They're in Carolina. They're laying three and a half. It seems like a classic, oh, Carolina should be seven and three. If they get the two point, they're in. All that stuff. It's actually a must-win game for Seattle. If they lose, they have mm-hmm. six losses. That might be too many. They've had some time to think about it. Um, I like the matchup of Cam and Riverboat Ron versus Russ and the Pete Carroll and that whole infrastructure. Just It feels like a special teams, like the punter getting involved and making some big plays and Russell Wilson doing stuff and it feels like a game that's going to be close with eight minutes to go with Russell Wilson with a chance to win. And I think they can either win the game or it's a three-point game. I love getting the extra half point. And I think they need the game. I They have to basically win this game to make the playoffs. Carolina needs the game, but they don't really need the game. And they're probably feeling good about it. But I, I just wasn't impressed by them last week because I don't think Detroit's that good. I think Detroit's one of like the eight or nine worst teams in the league. And Carolina just couldn't beat them. They they had 13 points for like 55 minutes of the game. It seems like there's some 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 issues with them. And I like getting the three and a half. So that's going to be my other pick house. I'm taking Seattle plus three and a half. What do you think of that one? The half point makes all the difference. I think you are absolutely right that these two teams are very, very even. And Seattle... Uh, especially has been on a, on an impressive run. They had every chance in the world to beat the Rams. They went out, they came right back and bounced back and, and really handled uh, Green Bay. I mean, it was an impressive showing, I thought. I think that they're coming together at, at the right time. And uh, Carolina, they, 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 they had to win that game. I, I, I don't, they had to win that Detroit game. It does affect their uh, uh, playoff standing and their playoff chances. I think. I mean, it's Carolina, the Vikings, uh, and, and and 
Seattle that are all going to be duking it out for, for that sixth spot, right? Yeah, but Carolina's six and four. I mean, all of these games are must win at this point, but it's not really a must win. If Seattle loses, they're in major trouble. It's interesting on DVOA. I I don't like DVOA the first few weeks, but I think right around now, week 11, week 12, week 13, you can actually learn some stuff from DVOA. Um, Seattle is ranked 12th. Carolina is ranked 15th. And I'm I think not I'm not that. surprised by that either because that confirms what I've been watching with my eyes. And actually, if you look at the, at the top 10 now in DVOA, Casey, Rams, Bears, Saints, Chargers, Steelers, Broncos, Packers, Ravens, Patriots, Colts are 11th, Seattle's 12th. I'm not surprised by any of those except for Denver. Den- Denver being sure. 7th is, is, is a little strange. They're 11th in offense. They're 4th in defense. 26th in special team. But then you think about it, it's like, yeah, Denver's, they had one awful game where they got killed by the Jets. And other than that, they've been pretty good. Like, you know, they played the Chiefs. They almost beat them. They've had some, they've had some good games. They had a good win last week. And, uh, you know, that was the other game I was looking at, House, them versus the Steelers. If you, if you want to talk me into that, make your case. They are, Denver is home. Steelers' second straight road game. Pulled one out of their ass last week. And they're laying three in, oh, is that three or did that line go down? Uh, they're laying three in Denver. Pittsburgh is. They've won six straight. I can't do it. Yeah, I thought about the altitude, the 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 two straight road games. They've kind of clinched stuff. It seems they they're overdue to have that shit game on the road, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it either. I don't like going against Pittsburgh. I want to see them lose first. So those are my two picks. Yeah, they they. That, that win against Jacksonville, it just felt like Pittsburgh had had two touchdowns in them in the fourth quarter. I just I just can't go against Pittsburgh anymore. And I don't love the Patriots, but they're they're, they're not going to lose to the Jets. So I got one point three million to win a million on the Pats teased at nine and a half teased with the Cowboys minus seven and a half, and then I have one point one to win a million on the Seahawks plus three and a half. I'm up four point eight million. Uh, any any ones you want to throw in there? I had Breeze for MVP last week at plus 175. I told everybody if they win and Casey loses, he's going to be the favorite. Well, I was right. He is minus 350 right now to win the MVP. So if you'd listen to me, you would have made more money on that. that. That was the single. I listened to that. I was on the train coming back from New York. I, I sat with my phone and said, I need to send in a text right now and get that action on Drew Brees Saturday morning, and I didn't do it, and I'm just telling you I'm going to regret it all the way up until they walk out and give him that great, great big MVP trophy. He is going to win the MVP this year. The, the, the only thing that can flip it is if they're 13-point favorites against Atlanta this week, and if they somehow blow that one. There, there's a chance this is a effed-up week. There's a lot of high lines. There's a lot of suspicious lines. You have the Ravens double-digit favorites at home against the Raiders. And meanwhile, they have Lamar Jackson at QB. You have the Chargers favored by 12 and a half over Arizona. I'm not even sure the Chargers are good. Uh, you have the Falcons getting 13 in a backs to the wall. Their season's over if they lose, going against a division rival. 
Even the Jets, but the Pats shouldn't really be favored by nine and a half over anybody. There's just a lot of red flags, House. I just, I just want to flag this entire week and say, be ready for weird shit to happen. So, well, there you I, go. I, I don't want to be single-handedly responsible for, for tilting the football fortunes of the gambling public out there. I'm taking every underdog this week. I'm just announcing it go. right now. Okay. I think all these lines are overinflated, overreaction. I'm, I think all the value is in the dogs. I'm taking all dogs all week long. It might be a beware of the dogs week. All right, House, happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, buddy. Always a pleasure. Eat up all the turkey and send me a picture. Oh, wait a second. Before we go, I wanted to mention uh, we made my uh, my Aunt Jen's sweet potato casserole with the pecans on top, which oh. I think is my number one Thanksgiving anything. It's my single favorite. Oh. It's got the brown sugar on the top with the pecans and the sweet potato. It's just like, it's outrageous. I may gain like seven pounds this week, House. You got a belly store set. We'll put, take a picture, put it on the gram. We'll put it up on the House of Carbs. Let the hungry homies in on this one. Yeah. I also, I think I want to come on. I'm inviting myself on House of Carbs uh, next month to do 2018 Hungry Homie Food Trends. So I have some thoughts on this. I love it. I have some, I have some, uh, some takes, some hot takes. You're always welcome. All right. Happy Thanksgiving, House. Happy Thanksgiving, Bill Simmons. All right, we're going to get to Michael B. Jordan in one second. First, our remote controls taking over your living room. I know they're taking over mine. Do you waste time searching for your show? Well, take control of your TV with Control Center by Cavo. Control Center cleans up your home theater. Control everything connected to your TV with one easy-to-use remote. Plug in your streamer, sound system, cable, satellite, game console, Control Center, whatever. Control Center does it all. So easy, everyone in the family can use it. Look, TV should be relaxing, not frustrating. They even have a Find My Remote feature, so if your dog hides the remote, it's easy to find. It works with Amazon Alexa and Google Home. You can watch TV hands-free. It's one remote that does it all. Look, I have, I mean, I have a lot of remotes. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle's in my house. There's a lot of remotes. Uh, I got four TVs at the guest house. You know what you need? The Cable Control Center. Uh, get Control Center for 40% off on Black Friday through Cyber Monday. That's $59.95, 40% off the regular pricing of $99.95. Control Center is available at caavo.com as well as Best Buy, hurry. This 40% off ends at midnight on November 26th. All right, time for Michael B. Jordan. All right, I haven't seen this dude in a while. I had a lot of stock on you early. Yes, you did. And that stock, is, that stock is like, what's doing really well now? Netflix? I guess Netflix went down. Whatever's going up lately, <laughs> I had that stock. I have, The last time I saw you, Black Panther was about to come out. And we all thought that it was going to be a really big movie. And then it became one of the biggest movies ever. And now you're famous wherever you go. Yeah, that thing's definitely changed after a Marvel film, especially of that size and that magnitude. It just uh, catapulted me into like a space that that I'm still adjusting to. Um, you know, as I've been you know working since I was 12 years old, the whole thing, you know, been yeah. known for little things. Oh, you look familiar. Did we go to school together? Oh, man, uh, who's that guy? I think he looks familiar. Well, you got a lot of Wallace, too. A lot of Wallace. Wallace. All the time. Walking down the You're street. You're alive. I'm here. I'm breathing. And then now it's like Wallace is all grown up. And 
you know, every place, every place that I go now, it's, uh, you know, people have a, they take ownership of me, you know? So it's a, it's a, it's well, that, an aggressive that, love. That movie was not only successful, but people fucking loved it. I mean, it really became one of those movies. I mean, it's impactful, you know? Yeah. It, 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 it hits on all the levels, you know? It supersedes a superhero, and I'm doing air quotes, superhero film. Uh, you know, it, whenever you do a movie with Ryan Coogler, you know, when he's, you know, you know co-writing, directing, it's going to be, it's going to say something. It's going to mean something. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be grounded. It's going to be about character and story. And it just so happens to, you know, be in the Marvel universe, so. Blacks, women, a lot of representation in that movie oh. of, of people that were not in superhero movies. 1,000%. It really stood out, and it was so uniquely done. It was so cool. I, I'm actually really interested to see how it plays out with the Oscars, as I know you are too, because, you know, it came out. It feels like it came out 17 years ago. It's been on HBO. It, it's in, it's it, been it, on pay-per-view. No, it's not on HBO yet. It's already. on one of the it's on whatever the cable. It's on Netflix. Or Netflix, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, on yeah, one yeah. of those. It's on Netflix. Um, but yeah, it just feels like it came out a while ago, and I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing for the Oscars. I'm not an expert in that department whatsoever, but you know, it's one of those things where it does feel like it's been out for you know a really long time because of the impact, because of it's something that we've been talking about since you know it, it came out, since we actually started making it the film, and the impact that it's made on so many people around the world, not just blacks, not just women, just you know from all ethnicities, little people. kids. Kids for sure, man. Kids like, multiple times. This, My son is like seven, eight times in, I think. Really? Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. Like this Halloween, what did he well, go? It's super did, rewatchable. Yeah, it is. It's like one of those movies that every time that's on, you want to sit down and like watch it. You'll, you'll pick up something different in it. Um, well, when I saw you, we had dinner like a year ago and you had just finished filming it and you were kind of messed up from it. Because that character that. you played, you went to a dark place for it and you're having trouble coming out of it. That's exactly I don't know if you've it. talked about that. No, not really... I haven't talked that much about it. Yeah. I've been picking and choosing you were my too, places. You were too far into it and you couldn't kind of pull yourself back. Yeah, it was one of those things that I didn't know what was going on. Like I never I never went I never was in a character that for that long of a period of time and and was that I guess that dark, that lonely, that painful. So yeah. coming out of it, you know, I thought, oh yeah, business as usual. I can just go back home, you know, I'll cut my hair off and, you know, everything would be, you know, back to normal. But I found myself kind of in the routine of, of being isolated and I went out of my way to make sure I was by myself and didn't say too much more than the usual. You were like that on the set? No, afterwards. Oh, gotcha. No, on the set for sure. On the set, when I was working, it was definitely like my own little crew that I had with me, you know, my barber assistant, you know, and, and, and that was really it. And then, but once I got finished rapping the movie, you know, it took me some time to talk through my, you know, how I was feeling and why I was feeling so sad and like, you know, depressed. Did you have to see movie. somebody? Uh, I, I talked to a therapist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a few times. How long did it take to get out of it? About a month. Yeah. About a month of just kind of like getting back to just doing regular things, being around my friends and family, like really being around and being being present not just being in the room but being present and engaging and uh and just talking things out that i've never really kind of talked through so it, it was right. healthy. it was healthy did you was there any other way to play that character without getting lost in that stuff i didn't i didn't know yeah uh, the, there was no blueprint you know i was just doing what i felt was right you know like whatever got me emotionally to the place i needed to be that's what i did and you should have talked to like 
20 actors who had played villains to try to get tips. That's actually a good idea. That would have been like, hey, man, it, Denzel, sorry to bother you. Uh, I was wondering when you did training day. How did you get hey, into— How did you step out of that? I, I guess a, a certain part of me wanted to find out what my own process was. Yeah. You know, I kind of wanted to see what I was made of, you know, in a sense of like what it w- you know, how far I can go, what what it would take to to do my version of yeah. that. And and yeah, I found out. In retrospect, would it just been easier to play the other part? No. No, I think I think uh I mean, I don't know. I don't know about what's easier or not. That would have been think- the easier career move for you. Right? To play like another good guy who's the hero in the movie. Yeah, I guess maybe. It's not interesting to me though. Yeah. I think I have, I think I'll have opportunities to play that guy, you know, um, the hero, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the protagonist. For me, this one was a challenge and I wanted to challenge myself and take a risk and play somebody I haven't played before. And see if I could pull it off. Like I know performances that I really connect with, that are villains, you know, or you know, or the bad guy or antagonist in a, in, a, in a film. And I'm like, man, those are those are things that I really connect with. How can I have my version of that? And, and I, I kind of took it as that kind of challenge. This is my opportunity to do it. Maybe don't make another movie with fight scenes for a while. You're you're, you're testing it. You're gonna get hurt soon. <laughs> One of these days. <laughs> One of these days, you're just gonna like tear a rotator cuff or something. It's crazy. I had a lot of fluid in my knee filming Creed too. Did I, you really? Yeah, I had to that, get a don't hurt your I basketball kept... career. You, see, you have some. My basketball career is kind of over, man. No, you have a basketball movie to make. Get it's, out of here. I mean, it's kind of over. It's kind of no. it's kind of done, man. Uh, it's now you have a basketball hobby. movie. It's become a hobby. I haven't played ball in I don't know how long. How old are you now? Like 31. I'm 31. Yeah, you got you got you're in the LeBron <laughs> high school class. You're getting out, you made two hundred million dollars, but you're not happy and you're just playing it out. There's some sports movie you can make. Sports movie? Like God. a sports movie slash you meet a girl in it. I don't know. I don't I don't think I'm past that. I think I think am you're I the past co- am sports I, movies? Am I, am, no, 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 no. How dare you? No, no, no. Am I so can I just be like the brother that didn't yeah. that, that used to be the good, you know, ball player and now he's just like oh, around you like, blow out your knee? Something crazy. I'd so rather you do be like that three guy. scenes. Just three. Come in, do my cameo, and be the you know, the the emotional support for I want to put somebody else on. Give somebody else an opportunity. Somebody young and hungry that's super athletic that could like that can go but hasn't had that 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 role yet. That really show he can you know show what he can do. I'm I'm down for producing that for that actor, and I'll just take it back. And then you have your three scenes. We'll write you the one three page scene, <laughs> the big monologue, the big monologue. I'll when I blew in. out my knee, my whole world had ended. My whole world. I thought ended. I had it all. Yeah, and yeah. I turned out I had nothing. Nobody, <laughs> not even you or mom or nobody. <laughs> ah. Something like but that, now you're yeah. doing it for all of us. It's not just you. Yeah, you got to do that. It'll be yeah. easy. See, Produce just, it. We done. Pretty much just Netflix wrote. just bought it right now. They're called. They're on first the other line acts. right now. It's right there. I think though. So the first time you came on, it was right after Fruitvale came out, and then the second time was Creed. That was in my house. Yep. And then this time is post uh, post Black, Black Panther, Black Panther, and Creed too. And Creed too. But we always, I think on one of those pods, I always used to joke about the movies that you had to make next. 
as far as like and one of them yeah just the career the IMDB career path yeah well there's two well there's two so I actually I checked off two of the things you said I think one of them I said lawyer said lawyer so you do you did a lawyer movie yeah Brian Stevenson it's called Just Mercy it's a story about Brian Stevenson and playing a defense attorney yeah um, who set up this, um, the, his uh, organization called the Equal Justice Initiative right and um, pretty much who, who gets wrongly convicted um, um, prisoners off of death row. Um, that are sentenced to life, uh, and and the movie is based around you know two or three of his clients that he got off of death row, um, set in the late eighties, early nineties, and Jamie Fox plays uh, Walter McMillan, who's the, the Ooh, Jamie the, Fox. The, he's I like this, and uh, Brie Larson is uh, is also a, a partner of Brian Stevenson, who who helped establish the the EJI and his uh, his his legacy down down in the south. Brie Larson like a sexual tension colleague but it's never consummated. What's what's that part of just, it? Just just a colleague. Just a whiff of sexual tension? I think there's like no whiffs. There's no like whiffs there's, at there's, all. there's like no whiffs. It's like it's like literally a honest like if if you once people understand who Brian Stevenson is and kind of like, you know, you know what he represents and what he stands for in his life, he is Yeah. It's hard to say a perfect person, but he is a really good person. You right. know? I'm not saying that he can't have any, you know, you know, any physicality or anything like that. But the the movie is really based around his work and his and, and his life, and uh, he dedicated a lot of his life to to his work and his passion. Do you have a scene where you walk over right to the jury? You're like two feet away from the jury, and you really and you really get it. I'm not I don't little know, Oscar I jury the, scene. The, the interesting thing about this thing about this movie is that the case takes place after the trial. Oh. So it's it's more or less Brian trying to fight for a retrial rather than the the courtroom, I think, antics of like the, you know, cross-examining the witness yeah, and badgering, yeah. you know, and like, you know, the whole performance. So a lot of that is not in this movie, but it's a different it's a different version of that, which is interest, it's an interesting twist. It gives it an like interesting that. tone. This so, sounds good. I think it's going to be. I'm in on this. Yeah. I was watching a Time to Kill on cable at like two in the morning mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. Yep. And that has a couple great courtroom scenes in it. Yes. And it's the one when they put Sam Jackson on the stand, mm-hmm. and it's like, "Yes, they deserve to die." And I hope, they, <laughs> and I hope like, they burn in hell. But I miss courtroom movies. I wish there were more of them. No. I just feel like they should make one every year. There should be like a good one every year that comes out, and I, I could just be in a courtroom. And there's, you know, there's not like there's a shortage of uh, cases that's going yeah, on that topics. we could actually kind of like you know tie into. So yeah, I think that's a good idea. So you cross that one off. And the other one you said was. Was you said an alien movie? Yeah, but is that happening? No, no, no. But what I'm saying is, I can say alien, but it was like a superhero. So maybe does Black Panther kind of fit in the sci-fi, not really box? Is that kind of the box? I never said comic book. You, you outthought me okay. on that one. I guess that comic book's better than the alien movie. It is, but you still can do the alien I movie. Still do the alien film. You can do like Armageddon remake, or you do Men in Black remake. You can do your own version of one of those. I think my own version. I think the remake thing is is cool if the project is if it makes sense to re, quote unquote reboot. But I'm I'm really interested in like original IP and original stories to kind of you know to to, Smart, to, to not have it. to be compared to to you know an original. Don't don't lose Coogler. No, Coogler ain't going nowhere. We got each other for life. It's over. Yeah, don't let him do stuff without you. No, I mean, I'll, I know he has to go do one, one or two stray projects. But yeah, yeah. You can't go like five years without him. No, we we have. That's your Scorsese. You got to hold on to that one. We got a plan. We're we're definitely gonna be working together for a long time. That was like the, one of the all time three for threes anyone's ever put up. That's crazy, right? It's really crazy. 
It's and like, like a and they progressed. Yeah, you know, the budget got bigger, and, and we got more of a reach. You know, so yeah, it, Fruitvale and Black Panther. What was that? It was like four years apart. Fruitvale was 2012, 13, 12. Yeah, you're 12, right. So and then so five years apart. Five years apart. Yep. God. It's and been, it's such a hard movie to make. I always watch those movies. I'm like, how does anybody direct Panther? this? Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's tough. I mean, but obviously, you know, you have the support system of Marvel, you know, and I think, you know, if you're, you know, a filmmaker that has, you know, vision, you know, and, and, and you know what kind of movie you want to make, you know, they're the biggest um, asset, you know, um, all of yeah. Marvel and Disney to really help you execute, you know, and and it's uh, just being next to Ryan every step of the way of that one, just to see the collaboration process between um, the studio and, 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 and Ryan and, and the actors, um, was, was special. It was special. So, so do you worry about him at all? Cause sometimes when somebody has that much success three times in a row, they get a little loopy in Hollywood. They start doing crazy projects and they think they can do anything. That's, he seems pretty grounded though. It's one man I'm not worried about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we always have each other to kind of lean on if we ever get to the point where we're stressed out or. Or just, you know, you want to talk and vent on some on some real shit, not just industry stuff, you know, I'm talking about family, talking about personal things, just things that, you know, things that really, really, really matter, you know, at the end of the day. So I'm I'm never worried about him. He's surrounded by so many strong, you know, people and, and, and grounded people that, you know, they always hold each other accountable. And that's something that if you know Ryan Coogler, you know, you're you're proud to know him because he's unapologetically who he is yeah. in any environment. And it's like it's so you gotta respect it, you know. Is he all right with all the teams leaving Oakland? Oh, he's fine. He has the Warriors. I give him shit about that all the time. It's he's like, gonna follow them to San Francisco? He's gonna follow them wherever it okay. is. It's in the Bay Area for sure. Obviously he's not too happy because they're leaving like Oakland, quote unquote, but he's still like a diehard Warriors fan. It's weird times for Oakland because they're losing all their sports teams, but yet the rents are like quadrupling. I mean, I don't understand what's going on there. Hey, man, tech industry, man. They're buying up everything up there. (laughs) Property volume's going through the roof. We did. So what were the other ones? We talked about you have to do a cop movie soon. Cop movie. We definitely talked about cop film. And you have to do Divorce Dad. Divorce Divorce Dad, dad, rom-com, or maybe Widow Dad, one or the other. I'll definitely do a rom-com at some point, but I wanted to do it under my terms. Like I wanted my sense of humor to be, I wanted the movie to be a reflection of my dark, Sarcastic sense of humor. Uh, yes. You need your boomerang. Boomerang's good. You know they're doing boomerang's that. Uh, boom, a good movie. They're doing boomerang now on uh, BT. I know. Saying. I'm a little worried about that. I'm not. I'm not positive. I'm gonna acknowledge that or not. But it's Lena and Holly, so you got to kind of give them. You got to give them a shot. Lena okay. Waithe is so talented, and Holly's Holly, so you got to kind of. So you think their hearts in the right places? I think they're definitely in the right places, and they and I think BT is going to benefit from it because you got you know a filmmaker, you have a, an artist there, and Lena Waithe, and then you also have a you know an iconic actress, and you know it's obviously been there from from the ground, you know from the you know, from the ground level of Boomerang the first time around. So you have those guys together. They have an incredible cast, I think, that they got um, for the show. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do, honestly. The last time we did a podcast, we talked about um, all the roles and stuff for black actors, black Mm -hmm. filmmakers and stuff like that. That's probably the biggest thing that's changed since the last time we had microphones. In in a sense of uh, just... Just a lot of successes with minority projects. And now... You know, all these studios and these networks have kind of belatedly gone, oh, wait, we could make money here. Hey, should we start funding more stuff? It's like, yeah, you yeah. think? Yeah, you think. Maybe. <laughs> and no. uh, and I'm I'm sure you had a lot more opportunities than maybe you did three years ago. Yeah, I mean, I think the timing of everything is like just everything's coming to a, you know, to 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 a head in, in, a, in a lot of ways. Um, and yeah, the opportunities for myself is definitely... Um, 
grown over the years as my career has and being in a position to take advantage of those opportunities of being like, okay, I could take this situation and turn that into a production company. I could take yeah. this opportunity and turn that into marketing company. I could turn that and turn it into, wow, then I look up and I kind of accumulated these pieces. But I think across the board, films like, like, say like Black Panther really break the glass ceiling and really across the board to allow other studios. And then kudos to Marvel for doubling down and being, you know, backing that messaging and putting their money where their mouth is and really, you know, being first money in. So now everybody else is like, oh man, Marvel's doing that. Okay, cool. So right. maybe we could do that too. And oh, it does work. And oh, it does. Oh man, a black filmmaker, black cast. Oh wow, that's incredible. But now everybody's looking for that culture. Everybody's looking for that. What's the, what's their Black Panther? What's their project that they can get? And I think that's going to encourage future screenwriters, future directors, you know, future uh, producers who maybe didn't think that was an option. Yeah. Like costume designers, sound, editing, you know, you know. Nephew Kyle right there. Right who there. knows? Who knows? Could who, be anybody. Who knows? But that's what people, like, I think the real change is going to happen when the kids that are coming up through high school right now, that's getting ready to make that their major in college, is getting ready to go to film school. Once they kind of get their confidence and their footing and experience in what they want to do, then they're going to like, you know, graduate to the, you know, to, to the pros and then they'll be able to really make an impact and 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 connect those dots and maximize off the the work that that we've done that you know our, our forefathers have done that you know all the greats that you know the, the, the Harry Belafonte's and the Sidney Portiers and yeah. the Denzels and all that generation you know the Quincy Joneses et cetera et cetera and Oprahs and then now we're this class that you know I'm ushering behind that I'm kind of like you know tra- trailing behind and then everybody else so it's it's a it's a time thing. Well, they kind of needed their Kugler, right? They didn't have that that one visible guy who who laid out this roadmap basically for a minority filmmaker. I think it wasn't the time for that. I think I think I think the world and the temperature, especially racially at that time, you know, as far as like breaking into a, a genre that yeah. what, that was that was that where you're still very clearly the minority. It wasn't time. I think everyone ran their race and did their you know who who was there fighting on the ground level did it to above and beyond expectation and they blew those doors open, you know? And now it's time for the, you know, for their children to, to take that, what they've done and take it to the next level. And then when we're done running our race, then the next is, it's, it's, it's as bad as you want it to have been like what ha- is happening now, if you wanted that to happen 40 years ago, but that just would never happen, yeah. you know? So in hindsight, you wish it would have, but in reality, it's like everything's kind of right on time. Um, I thought Creed was like really underrated and important with that too, because it revived one of the most important movie franchises ever, but it felt completely different. And I don't know. It's a, it's, it's been on cable a lot. It's kind of, I, you know, I liked it when it came no, out. No, for sure, yeah. But it's over the years, it's kind of going up. Like I, I don't know where it ranks against the Rockies now. Well, you can't not just yet. I, I, I need I, like I ten to, years. You have to because we got to do more creeds. Oh, you, you know? want to do more for sure, <laughs> definitely. So that's what I'm saying. Like it's hard to compare. You know what Sly has created. You know MJ created over the course of forty years. Yeah. You know, and, and then be like me five years in the game. Be like, well, let's compare. I'm like, no, it's, it's, it, you, that's not. That's you can't compare the two. I got to at least do at least four or five creeds. You know, knock on wood, if we ever get there. To be able to compare against another franchise that's gone multiple, multiple movies. Well, the way you did it 
where it wasn't a reboot, it was kind of a continuation. Like a spinoff. It wasn't a reboot. It was a, yeah. spin- it was a spinoff. It, was t- it took characters that I already liked, but now this is different. Yep. And I think for years and years, people were just remaking movies and TV shows or whatever. They're actually just remaking them. And it was like, my generation had already seen them. Yeah. Character, character. It's like, yeah. well, I don't want to see this. I already like the old one and my kid doesn't care. So who's this for? <laughs> but then Creed comes out and it's like, for me, it's cool because- I'm still attached to Rocky. Yeah. Even like in Creed 2, you know, it's, oh, there's a picture of Duke. I'm like, hey, my, hey, Duke, love that guy. Then you got, obviously got, you know, you got it, Dolph Lundgren. In oh my it, God. Know? Well, I mean, that was, I, I wasn't, I deliberately read nothing. Uh, what do you mean? As far as like what the movie I was I knew about? nothing. I knew Drago was in it. That's okay. all I knew. I saw the trailer. I couldn't avoid it. But, and you had <laughs> told me it was, you thought there was Russia was going to be involved. And I was like, great. I don't want to know anything else. <laughs> There's a lot of Dolph Lundgren in this movie. It is. Like he has lines. He's in <laughs> a lot of scenes. I wasn't prepared. <laughs> he was so excited. He was happy. Oh my man. God. He won the lottery. Yeah, man. We, uh. How'd you get him? Slide, I'm kidding, man. Yeah. Now he had to have been like, yes, I'm ready to be Drago again. Yeah. In re- redemption, I think was was really big for him uh, in, in this in this movie. Uh, in the Drago name, we somehow this movie can book in Rocky Four. Yeah. You know, and 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 and, and still, well, it hits it hits the beats of Rocky Two and Rocky Four because mm-hmm. Rocky Two is the engagement and pregnancy beats, and then Rocky Four Rocky the Four rest is, of the beats. Yeah. yeah. So it's a it's a it's a nice natural continuation, but like you said, it's its own thing, you know. And I think clearly at the end of this one, you you realize moving forward, you're you're going to be you know rooting for and and following Adonis on his journey with his family, you know, um, which is pretty cool. Um, the guy who played Drago, Victor. Uh, oh yeah, Florian, Florian Montenegro. How many more pounds was he than you in real life? Or did they were they using camera on the angles? Day? Yeah, on, or like on the shooting day, how the difference? Yeah, I when you guys one, were fighting, I was one ninety seven. He was two thirty. Yeah, they something. did a nice job of making it seem like he was way, way, way bigger than you. Yeah, no, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. He's way, way, way bigger than me. Like he's six five and got some weight on me, but. You know, I, I kind of Oh, you did think my you can take him? No, 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 no. That's not what I said. No, no, no. <laughs> no, that's all right. You just said it. <laughs> yeah, Florian. afraid of him. See me whenever. I'm going to see you overseas. Now, Florian's, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's a beast of a guy, man. Like, he is massive. So, we wanted that feeling of, like, Adonis, you shouldn't be in the ring with him. But we didn't want a David Goliath in it right, right, as right. well. So, we wanted to make it make sense. And Did you take a, a real punch in this one? Because in Rocky 1, we told the story about how you took one. Yeah, I so think. So, I challenge your manhood. He, oh, in front of everybody, there's no way I could have not, uh, you know, took the punch at that point. But no, I've realized that that's expected. It, it, I look forward to it now. It's like when we're taking these real punches, you know, and because uh, it seems like in in watching the movie, it seemed like you definitely took one I, we took, right in the chops. Yeah, but I we, couldn't tell what else you took. No, it was positive. Like the ones that are clearly like these are the ones you're taking. Like intention, yeah. intentional real punches. Maybe three of them. Oof. Maybe three. The slip ups, you know, I, I can't I can't count because like, you know, we, we hit each other a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. While we're filming. It just happens. You get tired mentally, you know, and physically. You, know, you slip left when you're supposed to slip right, run straight into it. So you're up to 197? I was heaviest I've ever been in my life. Jesus. Best shape of my you life. You look jacked by for the uh I don't want to give away in the movie. No, it's all good. At one at one point in the movie, you looked like where were you filming that? The the desert? Uh, yeah, we were in um we were in New Mexico. 
Oh. We're in New Mexico. In the middle of nowhere. So when I saw you last year, you weren't positive it was going to happen. Yeah, it was a lot of things that, you know, like, you know, making a movie is so many things have to go perfectly, you know, yeah. um, and happen just right. And, you know, um, you know, once we realized that Ryan wasn't coming back and doing the movie because he was finishing Black Panther, scheduling-wise, yeah. uh, and, you know, and wanting to make this time slot, you know, a lot of times it's backing into dates, you know, we're making these movies. Um, and then trying to find the right filmmaker, you know, trying to find the right story, you know, and and, and that took some time. And at, at, a, at one point, it was, it was you know, it was up in the air, and but then everything, the 12th hour came together the way it was Yeah, all of a sudden you were filming it. It went from, like, I don't know if it's happening to he's in Philadelphia. Exactly. It happened mm-hmm. pretty quick. We're going to take a quick break. First, we're going to talk about proper cloth. Finding a dress shirt that fits is nearly impossible. Something is always off, be it the collar or the sleeves. Thankfully, ordering a custom fit shirt has never been easier with proper cloth. Go to propercloth.com, create a custom shirt size in seconds. Just answer 10 simple questions. Choose from over 20 collar styles, 10 cuff styles, 500 fabric styles, from classic to business to casual. Customize your shirt, get the style you want. Work with the best fabric producers from around the world. Only buy fabrics that meet their high-quality expectations. Each one of their shirts goes through extensive quality control testing, so you're getting the absolute best quality and craftsmanship. Best of all, proper cloth guarantees a perfect fit, meaning that if somehow your shirt doesn't fit perfectly, they will remake it for free. Risk-free process. Future shirts. Custom-made for you, starting at just $80. Stop wearing shirts that don't fit. Start looking your best. With a custom-fitted shirt, go to propercloth.com slash Simmons today. Enter gift code Simmons to save $20 on your first shirt. And speaking of fun clothes, I consider shoes clothes. All, All Birds is dedicated to making stylish, comfortable footwear using premium natural materials designed for life's everyday adventures. All Birds tree toppers, comfy shoes made from trees, a refreshing take on the classic high top just like the Allbirds tree runners. But this time, the light and breezy comfort goes all the way up to your ankles with the tree toppers. It's a reimagined take on the classic high top style, simple effortless design. They come in a bunch of limited edition colors you can wear to work on the trail or in the park. Features revolutionary sweet, sweet foam sole. Man, they put a lot of S's in these. Sweet foam sole in sneaker form giving you bouncy comfort right under your foot. Engineered with the world's first carbon-negative green EVA, which is made from sustainably sourced sugarcane, uses the most rigorous sustainable forestry standard to protect trees, wildlife, and people. Feel good about what goes on your feet. They keep mailing me all birds. Guess what? I keep wearing them. I like comfortable shoes. With the holidays right around the corner, it's time to consider all birds as a gift for someone on your list or for yourself. The all-new tree toppers are available in a variety of limited edition colors at allbirds.com. All right, back to MBJ. You lost out on the Sexiest Man Alive People magazine issue. I did. Cover. I don't know. Who do we blame on your PR team? What happened? Idris Elba got it. I don't know what happened. I mean, Idris has been holding down. He's been holding down like... This is some Stringer Bell Tall, dark, and handsome, like sexy for a while. He's got the... The pepper, salt and pepper beard. I ain't got a beard, man. He's got, he's a little taller than me, man. He's, he's got the accent. You think that's what it is? It's the accent? That's bullshit. 
Dresses, you know, dresses. dresses I, I don't know. I, I think you got to look within a little bit too. I, I don't know if you campaigned hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? You like you're promoting all these movies, so you know you're a single guy. I am a single. You're guy. You're in all these different cities. I am in all these different cities and countries. Yeah. So what's that like? What's going on? Just, Are you just going from hotel room to hotel room? I'm going Give from, time to meet. It, no, I have a. It, it's it's tough because like you know you go from you know press room to press room. You know you you or you got phoners, and then when you deal with the time difference, so it's 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 prime time somewhere where you gotta you gotta do something. And, uh, you know, you don't really get a chance to go out and explore the town when you're on a press tour. Like, personally, if I was going to travel, like vacation, these places, I, I would spend a lot more time out and about. But for this one, it's it's tough. You don't do the NBA player move where you land in a city and you go, what's up, Copenhagen? <laughs> what's going on tonight? <laughs> Jalen used to point me out to is, that. Is, I used to is, die. Is that the move? Yeah. He used to say, watch, watch when NBA players land in cities. They'll shout out the city because so they he, want people so to DM ran, them. So if you randomly see like a, you know, a, a post about Brazil or. Yeah. Uh, or, what's up, Rio? What's up, Rio? What we doing tonight? Oh, what we doing tonight? <laughs> okay. Got it. Got it. Thanks, Jalen. Appreciate you. Yeah, that's what Jalen OG, OG tips. Yeah. Listen, he's, he's, <laughs> one of the masters. <laughs> uh, what about the, since Creed and then Black Panther, the other famous people with you? How's that changed? Because you're kind you of, I don't know, you're kind of in that royalty circles now. Like, you know, you run into LeBron in a club maybe five oh. years ago, he might not have seen Fruit Veil. Who knows? <laughs> he might have remembered you on Friday Night Lights, but now it's like, hey, MBJ. I, I guess it's a, it's definitely a different recognition amongst my peers, you know. In the is there a little industry. secret handshake club? Not yet. No? I mean, you Come know, on. I mean, all black folks got a, you know, secret handshake. You know, no, but like LeBron, Denzel, like that, like. They, they have the one? A plus listers. Like you're not. I got to create one. No, I don't you know. You can't text those guys? I can text them, yeah. Those are my guys. What about, what about Michael Jordan? The other Michael Jordan. I haven't really, haven't met him. I have met him technically because I remember it, but I am doubt he'll ever remember that. But we haven't officially met like now. That'd be cool. No business stuff with him? I mean, we should come out with like a, a Michael B. Jordan, Air Jordan collab. Why wouldn't he do that? I don't know. We could talk to Reggie over at Jordan. We talk to Jordan. Let's talk to Nike. What's going on? Some Jordans? Do you Jordan see like doing a company like what like LeBron has and some of these different people? Like a content company? Yeah, I think I think um, what Mav and, you know, Spring Hill and Rich and, you know, everybody, um, Randy and PR and, and everybody he's got over there in the squad, kind of what they set up and... Um, and in their own way, you know, it's it's a it's a different thing. LeBron is, you know, the, the best basketball player in the world, and I'm striving to be, you know, one of the, the best actors in, in the world as well. So to how, to kind of build a, a ecosystem around me uh, that takes care of the of my industry, you know, my entertainment, in my field, things that I can kind of you know have my hands on and hand, have my hands into. Yeah, I want to create that. You know, I want to I want to build that with people that you know I know and care about, and you know I've been around and know me the best, and be able to give them opportunities to, to fill those lanes. Well, so he famously started all that stuff with his high school buddies. Exactly. And he took a ton of shit for it. Exactly. People are like, you're new with your high school buddies? That's going to be terrible. And now look and at look, him. Exactly. So who's your inner circle that you would do that with? Oh, man, uh, Sterling Broom. He's probably sitting in the other room. And uh, and my other guy that I, I that people know me, they know, but I, I don't want to, I can't. All right. I can't so you, have, so you right have a group. You have yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to. I got three three of the usual suspects that's there, but you know, obviously, we're going to surround ourselves by people that you know are much smarter than us, and you know, know what they're doing as well. I'm, I love collaborating and working with people. Like I like building things with people. So I'm like that TV show we're going to do. 
what we've been talking about for years. Yeah, that we I'm not saying the idea because I'm going to take it. No, you can't. But uh, yeah, that's one of them too. Yeah. We, we got, got that down. one coming. Yep. We yep. get Coogler to direct one episode. Coog- just yeah. as a favor. No, no, no. I'm call- he'll come I'm in from his I'm, I'm $80 million it- mansion. He'll just helicopter in and he'll shoot some scenes and leave. I'm calling it all favors when it comes to like that show and like anything else. That's what I'm saying. I can't wait to start working with all the people that I like love and care about and I respect their work and I think they're so talented over the years. And it's like, all right, finally, we could do this together. It's like in the acting world when you're at a party and you run into an actor or you're at a press event. It's like, you know, you have small talk for a while and then it's like, yeah, yeah, we should do something together. And it yeah, never yeah. happens. You know? Yeah, let's have lunch. Let's have lunch. Never happens. Like, yeah, we should work together one day. Yeah, I would love to. Never happens. But like for me, I think I've organically made so many relationships and, and have connections with people and other talent that I really believe them and I believe that it will happen <laughs> eventually. I, 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 I know it is. I know it's going to happen. I just got to wait for the right project. You're one of the great child actor success stories. Doesn't child really actor go a lot blows of, my mind though. Doesn't go a lot of ways, a lot of great ways with child actors. Hearing about that I'm a child actor is depressing. Well, you're a child actor. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you were a child and you're on The Wire. That's one of the famous shows of all time. You were a child actor. Touche. But I guess it's one of the things, I didn't get too much too fast. Like, it wasn't like I was a right. worldwide known superstar child actor. It was like, oh, yeah, it's the kid that looks familiar. You know, like. Right. Like, you weren't like, on like Full House. Exactly. It wasn't like the show wasn't. That would have been weird if you were on Full House. I don't, that would have been like season 10. Yeah, that would have been like the crossover. <laughs> they finally went next door to saw the neighbors. Yeah, like, where'd he come from? <laughs> like, hey. oh, man, I didn't even know he was there. <laughs> like, yeah, that would have been a little awkward. But um, yeah, so I think like the fact that I just kind of learned with my craft and like I matured my like my talent and like just being able to act along with my age, like it was the right, I don't know, it was the right pace. What's the best uh, story you have of somebody coming up to you with some sort of, I just saw Black Panther or here's what Black Panther meant to me or anything like that? Uh Because it seemed like that movie really resonated with people in an unusual way. No, it did. I, I, I they all kind of stand out. There's not there's the love that I that I've been getting for Killmonger and just the movie as a whole has been touching people on such an emotional, personal, deep level that they're all like so emotional. And then you have some that are just you know the kids that are just excited and happy to see, you know, Killmonger and Black Panther or whatever the case may be. But I think the funniest thing has been, like, the things I don't see, like the memes, you know, that I'm not in control of, you know, like the things that, you know, there's like this one that was floating around at one time that I really laughed at. And it was like a picture of me, you know, in my seat on a plane. Like, I was like texting or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And I I remember the flight, you know, because I was like texting. I was like super tired. It was like, Four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning. It was really, really early. And then the caption was like, uh, I yelled out Wakanda forever and he didn't say anything. That's why I'm glad you died or some shit like that. He said something like that. Like that was the <laughs> caption. And I thought it was so funny because I, I, like, I, I laughed hysterically because, A, nobody yelled out Wakanda forever. I didn't hear anything. I was like in my phone. And the fact that just that just kind of went viral was just pretty funny to me. Like it, People was, don't was, yell that out to you, do Wakanda they? forever? Oh, for sure. Oh, they they actually do that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But halfway through, they're like, 
they kind of like take it back because they realize I wasn't really with Wakanda. And like, right, they're I was like, gonna they're say like, Wakanda forever. I'm like, yes, yeah, cool. Wakanda That's forever. like you know, go Celtics to like Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. But I understand the feeling of what they're trying to get through. Like, yes, we did that. How about Chadwick's career took off too? Oh man, for sure. I mean, he's been he's good on SNL, by the way. It was so funny yeah. on SNL. So so good. Um, no, Chadwick's been like consistent he's been consistently banging out projects and um doing great work and and this one is just you know you know the, the new bar you know that he's been he's been cracking at so i'm i'm, I'm excited for him man he's he did an incredible job did you interact with angela bassett i did i know i've known angela for a long time you know her and her husband courtney she's, courtney vance she's like, one of the the great natural oh, wonders we have isn't she like 60 and she looks 20 it's unbelievable she is incredible and, i don't uh, understand it Genetics, she was man. in that. She was in that Tina Turner movie like thirty years ago. Black don't crack. I'm telling you, she is. She <laughs> it's is, unbelievable. She's incredible. No, she's she's awesome. And to be able to work with her and have those kind of like, you know, those scenes where we're kind of like, you know, all the tension and and mm -hmm. uh, animosity toward each other it was pretty fun to play. Where are you? Where are you based now? Do you even have a home? Yeah, I'm a, I'm kind of a nomad, living out of a suitcase and out of hotels. You just have like three suitcases and five people with you, and that's your life. That's do you have my a house? Life. I do have a house. Um, I live with my parents. They live with me. Um, so we're, we're West Coast or East Coast? West Coast. Okay, West Coast. Got them out of the snow. Do you have your own room? I do. Okay. I got my own fridge in my That's room great. everything. is cool. It's kind of, it's kind of cool. You have Wi-Fi and stuff? Wi-Fi is kind of spotty in the valley, but yeah, <laughs> I, it works. It's serviceable. You have a couple cars? Cars? I'm a, I'm a car Do you guy. get to use your cars? I don't. But when I get back home, whenever I'm in town, I make it a, a thing to drive as much as I can. Because you, you buy all the stuff with your salaries from these movies, but then you're just traveling all the time and you can't use anything. That's fair. I don't buy a lot, though. I'm pretty. Yeah, I'm pretty, but I'm, I mean, I'm you pretty, buy a car yeah. and then you're going to get to drive it. Exactly. But in my heart, I know I have it. When was the last serious relationship you had? Mm, maybe like. Eight months ago? Seven, eight months ago? Ah. Oh. Seven, eight months ago. All right. So you're traveling. Traveling. You have this this new lawyer movie coming out that's mm -hmm. looking good. And then what happens? I don't even know when that's coming podcast out. Podcast on like the like ringer? You want a podcast? podcast? Have to compete cool. with Maverick? Wants to do a coin flip? Coin flip? Nah, man. We got No, what they've been doing is really good, man. Honestly, for me, is um Stop praising them so much. I'm right here. <laughs> we, Bill, we're doing, doing some it. great you've stuff been, over here. Did you see it? Awesome as well. The microphones. I, I, I love what you do with the players. Great. Thanks, man. Andre the Giant is looking at me. If you're ready to do some multimedia stuff, we're right here for you. You got me? Yeah, I got you. Whatever you want to do. Podcasts sound interesting. I just don't know you're if I You're too busy. I'm about to say, I don't even know if I have this, the stamina for, for podcasts. Well, you got to stop doing these movies where you also have to get in like insane shape. Hey. And you're getting up at like 4.30 in the morning and, and eating like egg whites and then working out for three hours. I'm just saying, it just it makes it easier to do my like my my my, my shout outs when I go to these countries. And when I have <laughs> Your shout outs. Let's just say it, it makes it a little easier. <laughs> makes it easier in Copenhagen <laughs> and Rome, all these places. Have no. you gotten shouted out in hip hop songs and stuff? What's like, What's been the best example? Because that's, that's, that's another, that's another not, check mark. I don't think I've been, I haven't, not yet. Didn't Jason Tate, Tommy, didn't Jason Tatum get one recently? Yeah. I think that's why he's in a slump. Migos? Yeah, I didn't, that was bad for him. Yeah. No, he hasn't why? played well for a month. It wasn't bad for him. He just needs to fit. 
No, it's bad for him because I think it went to his head. He's he's not going to the basket anymore. <laughs> Settling for twenty footers. Go to the basket, Jason Tatum. Hey, man, he's that Kobe camp. He's he's finding his spot, and he's his footwork is incredible. It's really cool to see uh, Tatum play. I did not like that he spent time with Kobe. Why? Because Kobe's the enemy. No, he's I a Laker. I don't trust Kobe. Kobe. He don't, yo, so you think he's like sabotaging his footwork? Like he's somehow. Oh, I don't like, think that. I know that. <laughs> why? Why is he so interested in Jason Tatum? He's a Laker. It's ridiculous. There's uh, no way he, that was genuine. He's so, like Jason Tatum. Come here. I want to show you some stuff. Now Jason Tatum doesn't go to the basket anymore. So what's up with your Celtics, man? I've been watching. What's going I'm on? I'm going man? nuts. I know you're going. I'm crazy going nuts. Right We're now. taping this on a Tuesday afternoon. We have too many guys. Nobody's happy. It's like you in the celebrity game that time when I had to juggle you with all the, all <laughs> we had to players, play like 11 yeah. people, we had to play the Victoria's Secret model. <laughs> yeah. you, you didn't have your feel. That's, you. that's Terry that's Rozier right now. Terry, okay. You in that game is Terry Rozier the whole season. Got it. Uh, yeah. So they have too many guys. They brought Hayward back mm-hmm. and he's just not healthy. He's like a shell of himself because yeah, he had that terrible injury. No, but do you think it's like, you know, obviously it's his first year back. They've been playing, I don't know how many games have been played already. Is it like a midway through the all-star break? We start to see, you know, I hope the so. hero- okay. He's, he is uh, not, you know, in Utah, he was like fearless. He would go to the but rim. He, he was, but, but he was now all, he's he was, scared. But he was also the guy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now he's a, you know, he's a role player now. He's coming off the bench, obviously because of minutes restrictions and like health and stuff like that. But like, like going from the man on your team to a role player in a, in a on a on a, a way a, a, with a more talented team, does that like completely like change your game? You know, so it's definitely he's definitely feeling his way. And then the other thing is, uh, you know, they don't know who their best five is. And basketball is really easy. It, I, you can have any team, and it's like if I have five guys that play well together, I'm going to do okay. That's like that's what happened to them in the playoffs last year. They figured out these five guys that played well together, and they did well. And they can't figure out the five. It's really frustrating. It's driving me crazy. It's actually frustrating to play with them on 2K because you don't really even know who to, you don't even know who to shoot with sometimes. It's like, oh, I got this person, I got that person, I got, you know, Marcus. And I got it's like and then you end up like just turning the ball over. I gotta keep video Marcus Boris happy. Oh man, listen, first of all, 2K will have you having personal grudges with real players for no reason. It's like I don't even know this man, but I can't stand him on 2K. <laughs> Did you hear so, me? My my guest commentary? No. Oh, I yes. I thought, oh, there. my God. Yes. Yeah. On all the Celtic games, yes, you were talking, <laughs> like, without a doubt. What a dream job that was for me. <laughs> I'm sure. They asked me, and I, I was available. Yeah. I thought I was in, like, two seconds I was there. It's a really weird NBA season because all these teams are talented, like, even the bad teams. Like, you watch the bad teams, and you're like, oh, I like that guy. Oh, that guy's good. And it's just, like, the league's kind of loaded. So... Like nobody said, and then the Warriors thing. I mean that that is like yeah, that's. I went to the game when Draymond and KD had the beef. Did you? I I was videotaping it with my cell phone and put it on my uh, <laughs> on my Twitter. I was like, something just happened. But uh, I don't know what's going on with those guys. It it really does feel like it's going to be the end. I mean, you know, they're stacked, man. It's it's like you're not even allowed to pick them on two K because it's cheating, right? <laughs> but it, it's a. Uh, yeah, the league is crazy. I mean, the, first of all, all the games scores are through the roof this year. The do, you pace. do you think it's just because of the you know the the, the fourteen second reset shot clock? No, and, it's the, the it's the pace and it's the fact that half the teams are just throwing away centers now and shooting like and it's everything's just threes, it's basically huh? like the best pickup game you've ever seen where there's no center. Got it. And that's what's happening. Teams are playing like Michael Kidd Gilchrist at center. Got you know? it. <laughs> it's actually been part of the Celtics problem is I wish that they would just go small and just try to outscore the other team versus mm. 
having so like a that's been day. part of it. But um, also, it's just from a talent standpoint, it's just a really nice time where you have like Anthony Davis and Giannis and Lillard and all these dudes who are in their you know age twenty three to twenty eight who are just like hitting their primes at the same time. The Bucks are gonna be nice. They're gonna I be mean, nice. That's who I played with on two K before they got all nice. Like I was playing with the Bucks, but like okay, so who does who does LeBron need to get a ring? So people think he's waiting on Anthony Davis, which because he just signed with Rich Paul, who, as you know, is LeBron's dude. That seemed Old a little clutch. suspicious. Um, but I don't know. I, I think they're the second best team in the West right now. I really do. Because they still have LeBron. They have young guys. So they might make a move he needs a in February. Well, so people, there's some Clay Thompson buzz building for next Clay summer. Thompson. For next summer. His dad's the announcer. Really? Oh, yeah. Michael Thompson. Okay. Yeah. So he's got the Laker ties. That's so funny. I was looking, I was, I went to the Laker game, the first game the Lakers won this season. And I heard the announcer. I was like, okay, you could have been a little bit more excited. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like, you know, you, you're announcing, you know, the Lakers and stuff like LeBron. Hey, like, LeBron. I, I, want to, I want to feel it a little bit more. There was a really weird, like, I don't know, 15, 17 day stretch when LeBron, when the season started, uh -huh. when he just didn't seem like a Laker. And I, I think the fans were trying to feel it out. I don't think he knew what was going on. He looked weird in uniform. And it kind of he was kind of like too big for the Lakers. The Lakers are always the brand. Yep. But LeBron's brand was kind of bigger than the Laker brand. But now it seems like the calibration. It's now he's like together. having these 50-point games and kicking ass. Yeah. But uh, it seems like everybody's kind of figured out. But I still feel like the Laker fans... They love Kobe so much, and that's still oh. Without, it's, without there's a, a little bit of I still. They're not you'll changing have to the guard. You're yet. not better than Kobe. Well, there's always going to be those comparisons. Who's your favorite team? I can't even remember. I'm a Knicks fan. Oh man, let's not even talk about it. It's okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, it's tough. We need new ownership though. Oh, you think? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. But so it's like until that happens, I feel like we're going to be like plagued with just bad decisions. Yeah, that's the one thing like I've Tisla, learned. Though. In the first four plus decades of my sports fanmanship, is it really? It's amazing. It comes down to the owner, mm -hmm. like seventy to eighty percent of what your sports fan happiness is. If you have a bad owner, you're just screwed. Yep. You might stumble into LeBron, like Dan Gilbert stumbled into LeBron because they won the lottery. Yep. But for the most part, you're just screwed because they're going to do the wrong thing, and the Knicks do the wrong thing all the time. They have the wrong people. They have the wrong players. And I, and I love Tisdale. He's super dope. And I'm, you know, but why doesn't Mark Jackson have a job? Mark Jackson? Yeah. After the Warriors thing? After the Warriors, what? I mean, I'm, let's, let's be honest. I mean, I could have coached the Warriors like after that. <laughs> and, 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 and I could have I could have coached them and went to the chip. What are you talking about? That team that Mark put together? This should be the TV show. Is you're a sports radio host with crazy opinions. Nah. You just play yourself. <laughs> but is that crazy? You don't think? Yeah, so, Mark Jackson. I mean, there's a reason he hasn't gotten hired in four years. I mean, but. It just seems to me from the outside looking, obviously there's a lot of in, internal, you know, basketball, NBA politics that I'm not privy mm. to. That was not a disclaimer. I'm just a fact. <laughs> but he, it seems to me like he put together that team. Now, whatever front office clash and things got going on. So, you know, I think the offense wasn't as fluid as it was once Kirk came in because whatever. But I just feel like for the Knicks, Mark was the perfect fit. You know, playing in the garden, you know, 
East Coast coming in. I just felt like could that. handle the media. Yeah. yeah. That, by the way, you're not the only Knicks fan that I've heard say this. Say there is like a feeling like he's like a New Yorker. He gets it. He gets the city. At least they're finally doing the right thing and tanking this year. They never like totally committed to it. Now this year, the league, because the league is like so talented and they're not. And they're looking at Philly like, they did what? (laughs) Like, all right, let's try this. Well, imagine if you got Zion. Have you seen him? I mean, that'd be, it would be all over. The crazy thing is I didn't, all I saw was dunk highlights of Zion through high school. So I was like, all right. Right. What else can he do? Yeah, yeah. What else can he do? I've seen him, you know, I've seen like, one of his college games, and I'm like, man, this guy is like a freaking nature. He reminds me of like a Sean Kemp, right? Cross with Charles Barkley, with like Barkley, but bigger, you know I mean? but bigger. <laughs> I haven't cared about college bat. I cared when Ben Simmons was at LSU only because he was a Simmons, and my son is named Ben, and I was like, I hope this guy's good. So okay. I was kind of rooting for that. But the last time I really cared was the Durant Odin season, where okay. I was actually just watching college in December and January, and uh-huh. I feel like Duke's going to make me do that this year. Because those three guys, because I like Baratune, I really like Reddish. Oh, man. That, All yeah. three of those guys are great. I think they're like, I mean, it's so early to say, you know what I'm saying? You can't say like, you know, you can compare them to like the Fat Five, you know, like, no disrespect, Jalen. You know, or like, you know, who, you know, best college basketball team. But they're they're impressive, man. They're super you, impressive. You know, we have uh, somebody at the ringer, Juliet, who has a huge crush on you who had to go back to New York for the holidays and wasn't here. The interview got moved. Okay. And uh, I just wanted to give her a shout out that is she's this, missing this, this. She was going to sit in that chair and is pretend she was taking notes. So I got But look. she's really like one of like the highest, you know, she's like an inner circle person, but she was going to pretend she was like a PA. Okay. Tommy condoned it. Um, but now she's not here, so she missed it. <laughs> so we, you have to give What's her a shout it? out. Juliet. Juliet. Yeah. Hey, Juliet, I'm looking at where you were going to be sitting. Yeah, it's too bad. And um, it's, it's a shame. It's sh- She could have been laughing. She would have been selling your jokes. <laughs> <laughs> would have been phenomenal. I would have had a much funnier interview, but, you know. <laughs> when did, how, how long was this press tour for Creed 2? We're probably going until, like, mid-January. Because you were doing stuff last week, and I could already tell. I saw one of the things. I was like, oh, he's already tired. I hope really? he has anything no, left. I'll say that. I was come like, on, oh, man, on. get that dude some coffee. Is that you saw? <laughs> now, how many how many shows and radio and all that man. stuff have you done? I, I, so I don't know, man. It's a lot. Just doing everything. Not everything. We don't. That, that's that's never been our model. You did the ESPN everything. car wash. Even, that's I've, fun though. Never been at a car wash. What are you talking about? No, that's what they call when you go to ESPN. You do like first oh, take. Oh, oh, oh. Yes, I did that. <laughs> I did you didn't know wash. that was called the car wash. Mm-mm. What what are the other ESPN shows? Or did you I just did, do first take? Uh, did do inside the NBA? No, I did TNT. I did with uh, Shaq, uh, Shaq, Ernie. Oh, you did the Shaq Charles and Ernie? Ernie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did. Charles How was that one? It's great. Did it seem like Barkley still following basketball? Because I can't tell. No, no, he was still following basketball. All right. And to watch because like, he's still to, saying that you can't win the title with jump shots, but it was like we I, the Warriors like three down the last four <laughs> years. What are you talking about? Just listening to Shaq and Chuck like go back and forth is like. You know, I could do that all day. What about Stephen A? I love him. It, crazy thing is, all those guys have known me since I was about like 18, 19. I would say earlier that because of the wire. The, yeah, but no, personally though. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like to be, you know, besides Ernie, you know, but everybody else is like, you know, to see me kind of like grow up and from them to always kind of be supporters and champions of mine is like pretty cool. It's, it, it's this, this press run has been pretty surreal because all the people that, 
have been following me and supporting me and, and kind of watched me kind of go through the process is it, they're here for this moment too. And that's pretty, you know, you're, you're included in that. So it's, it's cool. Uh, gee, thanks. It's all good, man. I just want to give you some love. You know, <laughs> I, and Vince from Friday Night Lights, who doesn't get enough credit anymore. No, no. But his style, I really feel like in 2018 football, was a little Mahomes-ish. No, I mean, I just feel like the, you know, the Giants, Like Mahomes is kind of on your corner a little bit with Vince. Listen, if the Giants can draft Vince Howard, we'll be good. <laughs> When you watch Mahomes, do you just feel like he was banging through those Friday Night Lights seasons, just writing stuff down? I mean, he might have. How old is he? He's like what? He's, he's like kid, twenty. Right? He's in the Friday Night Lights wheelhouse, he's right? Like twenty three. Yeah. Twenty three. Yeah. So he might have grew up watching it. Maybe he'd be like, "Man, this Vince has some. I should steal that that little scramble and roll out. Little East Dillon line throwing across my body, whipping it down. The Wildcat. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see that game last night, or were you were doing? I watched. Stuff? I was doing something, but I watched the last. Four minutes, which is equally as exciting. It was it was incredible. That high scoring game, man. This, those two offenses are incredible. Um, it's funny because it, it there were a lot of mistakes too. It was mm-hmm. it was it wasn't the greatest football game I've ever played, but it was like definitely one of the most dramatic and very entertaining. Yeah, yeah. turn unbelievably promos. entertaining. Yeah, it was really good. Like anybody who doesn't even give a crap about football would watch it. All right, we have to go. Technically, um, so <laughs> listen. What's up? You didn't get that sexist man. There's always next year. There is always next year. We have the Oscars to worry about. Are they? Are you trust her with the campaign for that or no? <laughs> Do you feel like she's is she going to step it up when all, we get to December or all, no? All stones are being you know turned over. So as much as you can. So you know you have no control over that stuff. You just do the work that you can do and and just let it ride, man. All right, and don't. <laughs> Don't do too much press. <laughs> okay. Because you're going to, the hotel rooms are all going to start to blend into one another. Is that what it is? Yeah. You're going to like, where am I today? And you're just going to look around <laughs> and be do this nice suite. every day. When I leave here, I'm going to ask her exactly, like, where <laughs> am I right now? <laughs> where are we going? Who am I? And then we got to get in the creative, we got we got to come up, we got to, that idea. Have we have that a, one idea. Have you met Alana Mayo, head of my development? No. I'll, 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 I'll handle, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. She's holding down the fort while I'm on this crazy shit. So you Okay. Guys. All right. We'll do that. Congratulations on everything. Go see Creed 2. My man. Creed 2. Yeah, man. It was good. Creed 2. Creed 2. Yeah. So how many are we doing? Five? Until you had to do the one cheesy. bad one that we tried no, to no, pretend no, didn't no, happen. No, 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 no. You got to pretend Do four good happen. ones and the, and then the fifth one where it's like, oh, man, I wish you didn't do the fifth one. I needed the money. <laughs> if I ever get there, then you have permission to just, I don't know, choke me out or something. But nah. All right. MBJ, thank you. Quality. Appreciate you. All right. Thanks to House. Thanks to Michael B. Jordan. Don't forget to go see Creed 2. Thanks to ZipCruder. Don't forget to go to ZipCruder.com slash BS. Thanks to FanDuel, they're going to make life a hell of a lot easier for you if your fantasy season is all screwed up. Go there. Go to their gridiron pick'em contest where you just pick winners, no spreads. 10K split amongst top pickers. Go do their super flex contest, single entry. You can do that. New users get a $5 bonus when they make the first deposit. Come play with me at FanDuel.com slash BS. New users only. Bonus not available for withdrawal. State and age restrictions apply. For full eligibility rules and terms and conditions, go to FanDuel.com. Thanks to Allbirds. Their tree toppers are a refreshing take on the classic high top made from trees. Their revolutionary sweet foam sole adds a spring to your step. is sustainably sourced to meet Allbirds' rigorous standards. Man, they're comfortable. It's like wearing awesome Converse. Uh, the old school high tops. But if they were tree toppers, it's super comfortable. With the holidays right around the corner, 
It's time to consider Allbirds as a gift for someone on your list or for yourself. Their all-new tree toppers available in a variety of limited edition colors at allbirds.com. Also, thanks to Proper Cloth, the leader in men's custom shirts. Order custom custom shirts has actually never been easier. All you have to do is create your custom shirt size by answering 10 easy questions. Shirts start at $80, delivered in two weeks. Perfect fit, guaranteed. Or they will remake it for free. Premium quality, perfect fitting shirts. Visit propercloth.com slash Simmons. Use gift code Simmons for $20 off your first custom shirt today. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks so much for listening, for spreading the word. And uh, and thanks to everybody at The Ringer, The Ringer Podcast Network, theringer.com. And nephew Kyle, I'll be feeding you tomorrow. That's my thanks to you. I can't, I'm going to feed you and get you nice and drunk. Happy holidays, everybody. We'll be back next week. So